your right foot in. You take your right foot out. You do the hokey pokey and you fucking work it all out. And stop. How do you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around? That's what it's all about. There you go. Problem solved. You're listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Episode 109, welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today's episode is... Completely Uncaged! That was uh, nowhere near as good as uh, as the man of the hour, but uh, you're, you're getting close. Oh. <laughs> I'm Mike Guys. I'm Jim. I'm Justin. And you're Justin. Mike, you're Mike Guys? I'm Mike Guys. I'm Mike Guys. I'm Mike Guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm Mike and I like guys <laughs> and long walks on the beach mm. and... Like uh, like one of those eighties. Have you have you ever seen those terrible eighties dating videos? Uh, yeah. Well, like it's back like... before, uh, like OK Cupid and stuff, where the guys would just sit in front of a camera and talk about the things that they like. Have you seen Mallrats? They, they all came across as so creepy. I miss I miss the days like like <clears throat> I, I wish that I wish dating was like super simple the way it used to be. Like you go on singled out. And, and and you find the love of your life on, let, on MTV. Let Chris Hardwick find your and Jenny your McCarthy for you. Oh yeah, and or Jenny Carmen Ma- Electra. Or Carmen Electra. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Was it ever easier? That was a good show. Wasn't Dennis Rodman with both of them? Yeah, <laughs> was he? I think he was. That's weird. I mean, that is weird. I don't remember him with Chris Hardwick, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> he did marry himself. It's a thing. That, that's a thing that Dennis Rodman at least pretended to do can you marry yourself I don't if you're dennis rodman you can oh, if you have enough money you can it's probably legal in california that's that's my guess he's he was all he's also good friends with what's his face the little north korean ah uh, kim guy. jong-un yeah was it him or was it his dad no it was it was, it was the Is it, it was the little shit yeah well it's, anyway trump's best friend what's been going on fellas not a what's whole up? lot what up how have you been, sir? Good. We had a lot going on in the last week. We still have a lot going on in the upcoming yeah, week. Yeah, a lot of stuff. We uh, Let's see. We went to the International Day of Games. We did. Last weekend, which um, is the, the fourth annual International Day of Games. I, I set new new standards of of being terrible at backyard games. So, <laughs> what, what is this uh, games? Our, but, uh, Greg, you know Greg. He, he has this uh, Day of Games. This is the fourth year in a row now. And uh, it's just backyard games like Beersby, um, uh, can, jam, can Jam, Cornhole. Can Jam! Can Jam! Uh, mash Ball. That mash, mash, uh, I hate spike, that game. Spike Ball. Oh, no, that... no, Spike Ball is the game I hate. Oh, dude, I love I'm Spike Ball. I'm just not good ball. at it. I was, uh, I, I was sore for like three days afterward, and I was like, this is how I know I'm getting old. I'm no, sore you... from playing backyard games. But then I realized <laughs> you it's were because sore from full body contact. We uh... played full contact <laughs> can jam, and it was so much fun. You're like, what, 22 years old now? You can't be doing that anymore, man. I know, plus, man. Plus these, these old bones. Yeah, plus... I was like, my arms were bruised. I had actual <laughs> finger marks probably from you grabbing my arm. Oh, I was manhandling you. 
Oh, yeah. It was like a typical Saturday night, except for <laughs> this time we were playing backyard games. <laughs> <laughs> and then, let's see, I, I uh, celebrated eight years of nuptial bliss with my wife. Mm. Congratulations. And uh, that was did very you, nice. Did you celebrate it with some nuptials? I'm, I'm not one to kiss and tell, Michael. No? Nuptials? No, not <laughs> nuptials. Uh, and then I went on uh, I went on a field trip with my daughter. She had her first field trip today to Blake's Apple Orchard. Nice. Nice. Took all my power not to just like, you know, go over and start pounding the hard, hard ciders. <laughs> not that I wasn't having a good time, but Blake's makes a fine apple uh, hard cider. For some reason, I thought you were going to say picking up apples and pelting them at the kids. Because <laughs> like when I was a kid, that's all you used to do at the apple orchard. And they let you do it. Like nowadays, if you throw an apple, you're like booted the fuck out. You have to yell applesauce right before you smash them apple in the head. Applesauce! Applesauce! <laughs> Asshole sauce! <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, what about you boys? What have you been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Still uh, still plugging away, doing a lot of painting on uh, on the girlfriend's house. You guys painting that entire place or yes. what? Yes, literally. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> literally. literally. It's been going on a while. How many times are you painting it? Um, honestly, more than, we, more than we should be because... Uh, did, you have, did, tenants, you have, did you have Brian come help you or something? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> asshole tenants uh, before her painted with oil paint and then uh, latex on top of it. So oh we're running no. into So yeah, stuff is actually getting painted way more than So it stuff be. just like won't adhere or it's, what? Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. What about you, J-Rodge? Uh, I also had an anniversary on a Wednesday of four years with Miss Lovely Sarah. There you go. And uh, that'll be the last of those and we'll have a new date after we get married this coming year. So Because you stop with the you stop that shit you, you say stop no more you, you are now one. my wife you get you get, <laughs> you get one anniversary and, uh, and her birthday was the day after which is today so you guys started dating the day before her birthday i did i planned that so i only have to buy her one gift and be like <laughs> here you go here's just you get one it's for both <laughs> no it just worked out that way and so yeah we took a trip up to the, the tip of the thumb in michigan and hit some stuff up there up in my neck of the woods it was well my folks neck of the woods anyway. a little over by your parents i was like hey, jude big jim <laughs> except for i found out they were down here so oh okay well they are today anyway i don't know if they were well, that explains why they didn't answer the door yeah. i was only knocking for like an hour yeah, so they actually just they actually just saw you they said it's that weird kid and uh so yes yeah, so that was fun there was a, a, a creepy thing that happened over there well right. we, we went to the old sleeper state park mm-hmm. and it's Just mostly have... closed right now home so of, they have home of bruno of bruno course. who kills everybody mm-hmm. and uh so it's mostly closed off they have some uh, uh the dnr is not working there so they have a certain area of the campground that's open kind of like pay on the honor system kind of thing could you could you say that the campground was sleeping it was sleeping and so across the street from but the park is the beach side, which is, right, they have the beach there and some little hiking trails in the woods, little minor things. Sure. So we were walking back through the woods by the parking lot, and Sarah goes, look at that leaf over there. And I turn and I look, and I'm looking at this leaf. And if, if a leaf was blowing in the wind, right, it would be blowing, spinning, flopping, right? Yeah. So it's sitting about 10 feet away from a tree, and away from any branches or anything, and it's just sitting there perfectly as if I were holding it straight at you and not moving it whatsoever, right? I'm like, okay, spider web, something. Then not turning, not flipping, it moves straight up real fast, about two feet, drops down two feet, moves to the right two feet, goes back up, and then just slams straight to the ground. And so if the wind was blowing that, it would like (laughs) spin and flop or something, but it was if you were holding something hard and just going, uh, 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 down. Really? Yeah. And it was it you, you did you go inspect it? Yeah, there was no, no spider, spider webs, webs or no anything? anything over there. That's weird. I got it. What? 
who's a naked ghost, and huh. he used the leaf to cover up his ghost dick. <laughs> and he's just hopping around. That, I'm so dumb. Why didn't I think of that? I'm so dumb. <laughs> and so it was, it, it was weird, interesting. Dude. It was really weird. I've never. It, it, it didn't flop. It was like if you were holding your iPad perfectly still and just going up, down, right, left, and then slamming it to the ground. Why does that have to be an Apple product? Why? Because no one Jesus. ever heard of Galaxy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's heard of the Galaxy. Get your elbow off the table. What you is, keep, yeah, you're, what is, you're rattling something. It's your. What is doing it? It's though? your mic. It's your uh, swing arm deal there. What the fuck? This is your rattler. This is very uh, high tech stuff. Here. The old cage rattler. <laughs> uh, and then uh, what the hell? Tomorrow we got we got. Uh, uh, what are they called? Rehearsal dinner for yeah. our buddy PJ's wedding coming I, yep. up. I just Saturday. remembered today I have a wedding on Saturday to go to, so that's so the same wedding. But the, I just remembered today <laughs> that I have it. <laughs> You're DJing another wedding coming up too, right? Uh, the following week. All right, right on. Keep them busy, boys. That's it. Yeah. So rehearsal dinner tomorrow, wedding on Saturday, followed by freedom. Freedom. The freedom. <laughs> I feel like I've had so much going on lately. You know, it's crazy. I'm looking forward to the most about the wedding though. Hmm. Brunch on Sunday. Yeah, I don't think I'm going. Oh no, we're not going with them. We're, we're <laughs> fuck them. We're just going to get our own brunch. <laughs> but I love brunch, so I don't get to get it very often. I'm looking. To, I'm looking forward to having. If few... you would like to go to brunch, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> Jay, you can come. Come. I will be at brunch. All I'm, right. I'm just looking forward to having some some dad pops. You know, <laughs> a couple of seven and sevens dancing my little tush off. It's gonna be a good time. You do dance yeah. that tush off at weddings. I dance, I've seen you. And I dance you like move crazy. Like there a was crazy a man. there was a time in my life where I didn't dance at weddings, and I can't even like I mentally I can't go back to that time because all I know is the dance now. Like oh, I like I oh, the dance. I live and I breathe the dance when I'm at weddings. It's you like, should learn. Oh my I God. let the music speak through my body. We so. should all learn. How to like river dance, and then just go to weddings and just pull out a straight line of river dancing, unbeknownst to everyone. <laughs> All you do is flail, flail your legs around, but keep your arms perfectly still. See, it's that, not that, I hard. Would, that I would accept. I think the idea of dancing and just moving your body in these directions is really stupid. And I, and I DJ weddings, so I need people on the dance floor. I need people to do these stupid moves, right? But I hate it. You don't it doesn't make at, sense. You don't dance at weddings. No, it's dumb. You, I would river dance if we all learned river dance because that's dancing. You're, you're dancing with us on Saturday. We'll see about you that. You must. I'll I will, I'll, I'll I will get you out there. there. Yeah, slow dancing. I'll slow At dance. least slow dance with me. I'll slow dance with okay. you. That's good. Yeah, that's okay. good. So uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of things J-Raj doesn't do, let's get into some corrections for next week. This week. <laughs> Last well, week. Well, correction number one. <laughs> stupid! You're so stupid! All right. Uh, before we uh, get into corrections, I have I have something to correct yeah. first. Um, I don't have a beer in front of me. Oh shit! So can you can you please correct that? I will correct that. What I need you... I need some I need some something to calm my stomach. Uh, I got I got just what you need. Ooh, what's that? What do you got? How about a heavy ass? Oh god, no! Willpower. <laughs> oh no! No 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 no! Our beer tonight a, is rather uh, cage rattler. Sure, okay. our beer tonight's rather heavy. So, uh, uh, as far as alcohol, Doc, not so heavy. No, I, not uh, unlike myself, I'm I rather heavy. I decided what? for lunch today to eat two giant, like, like two inch thick Oreo brownie, what? just sugar 
squares. That sounds awesome. Uh, that was your lunch? It was, deli- I, it was delicious. I, was, I worked through my lunch break today, so yeah. I was grabbing whatever was like in the cooler at work. And it was just brownies. And there was two of those things, and then there was like a, a seven-layer like magic cookie bar thing, but they were all huge and like like diabetes times 10 each yeah. bar. Sounds awesome. And I don't eat a lot of sweets, so I'm like... I ate that for lunch, and then when I... It's because you're so sweet, you don't need when to. I, when I ate dinner, I had a ginger beer, which was sweet. So oh. it's like, I have all this sugar on my stomach. And on the way here, I almost stopped and got myself a, uh, you know, it's total white mode, so I was going to get a pumpkin spice latte. Ooh, uh, basic. <laughs> but uh, I was like, I don't think I want more sugar on my stomach. No. It would be very bad. Awful. So. All right, well... Uh... What were we doing? Corrections? Yes, I corrections. Only have, I only have one. Uh, last week we were talking about... What the hell movie do... Oh, did we talk about Castle Rock last week? Yeah. We did. And we were, uh, we were discussing... Correction, not a movie. <clears throat> sorry. We were discussing whether or not uh, whether or not the boy was using some sort of... I, I, I called it a glitter, I think. We couldn't... A shimmer or... Yes. And then I was listening to my It book on tape or audio book or whatever the hell and they actually use the proper word for what it is it's called a glamour ah glamour that's the one they they use the same thing in true blood which is actually what yeah. i was trying to think of right it's called a glamour yeah yeah and i finished it today oh did the audio book how was it i'm always well so this is my second time in the last two years listening to it. i'm always sad when i get to the end like i had to fight to not just start it right over again because it's such an awesome story i have i but, stopped but the end is so sad i stopped listening to it why? I'm gonna I'm gonna continue it, but I at work I've been trying to catch up on podcasts and stuff, so I haven't been listening to the book just as listen, much. But listen to it, please. I'm sorry, because <clears throat> I want to discuss it with you. And um, but it's just sad. Like they get to the end, and and it's well, I'm not gonna ruin it for you, but the end. Please don't ruin it. The end makes me very sad. Uh, and that's all I have for corrections. So oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this week we are talking about the one and the only who. What? Where? <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> We're talking about Nick Cage, and we decided to go specifically with a couple of his uh, his new outings. Yes. Which would be um, uh, Mandy, yep. which just came out on VOD a few days ago. Uh-huh. And what the hell was... Oh, Mom and Dad, which just came out a couple couple months ago? Uh, a few yeah, months ago? Yeah, I'd say so. So, uh, in honor of that, Michael went out... So this this kind of goes along more with uh, mom and dad. Mom and dad. This... Now, sorry, go on. Oh no no, go ahead. I was gonna say I wanted to get like a half six pack, of, like three of like not your father's root beer and then like not your mother's rhubarb pie. Yeah. For the whole mom and dad deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, my store no longer sells them individually, and I did not need gut rot. Oh, you used to be able to, in the fridge. <laughs> you used to be able to get Lucy's of those. They they sell Lucy's at my place. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. but it, it's whatever they have. Is that legal? So. Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah, they do those uh, grab bags or whatever the hell. I it's guess not, they do them at Meyer and stuff. Cigarettes in Detroit. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Two Lucy's for a quarter. Uh, so we have White Noise Imperial White IPA from Cigar City Brewing. Have we ever had a Cigar City Brewing around here? I don't believe so. Because it's also made by somebody else though. It's Cigar City and uh, oh Perrin and Perrin. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's a collab. Collab series. Uh, White Noise is a collaboration Imperial White IPA made by the brewers from Perrin Brewing Company and Cigar City. This monster imperial white IPA is packed with lemon drop, Denali, and Chinook hops, paired with lemon peel, juniper berries, and lemongrass spices, and fermented with a Belgian yeast. Wheat and oat malts create a silky smooth body, lending to a deceptively easy drinking imperial beer that's sure to pull you into another dimension of IPAs. 
Nice. Yeah. You know, I, I'm proud of you, James. Why? Wasn't there an episode where you were reading that and you're like, Chinook, Chinook. Uh, <laughs> like trying Pro- to figure out Chinook? Probably. <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? We don't need to talk about my my inability to no, read. No, it's the ability. I'm, like, I'm excited about your growth. Should I just, should I... I'll, wait, I'll wait to see your growth tonight. Thanks, Jay. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> this just got weird. And you will be let down. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, do you want me to open both these right now? Uh, sure. Might yeah. as well. We're going to drink them all up, right? Um, what is, I didn't see the... Uh, ooh, 9.7. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for, up. Mikey? Michael. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Cage has done 17 movies in the last three years. Damn. Remember I told you that story about how he went bankrupt or whatever and started like taking everything. Yeah, I don't know if that's because of that. I don't know how how completely true that even is, but mm-hmm. that's just what I've heard because he did go bankrupt. He did. I know for that. Sure. Yeah, and then that's it was confirmed. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That that's like common knowledge. But like he, like and if you look up the stuff he spent his money on, it is fucking ridiculous. Um, him and Leonardo DiCaprio got into a bidding war for <laughs> a T Rex skull. And it was going to cost them like $200 million. And DiCaprio ended up winning it. It's crazy. And then, didn't, and, and wait, then, wait, and then, $200 million? I mean, it was less than that, but like, it was a lot of money. <laughs> that would point. be, I think that's more than both of their net worths combined. Mm, yeah, probably right. Yeah. Maybe it was like $2 million. Couple, Probably. X off a couple of zeros there. My point is Still, this. Still, so, a T-Rex skull is pretty cool. He, ran, that kind of he money, randomly bought his it. own private island because that's what Nicolas Cage does. Like Where? He spent his money. <laughs> <laughs> Where? Why has there never been a movie with Nicolas Cage and Keanu Reeves like starring together? <laughs> what? <laughs> it would just be that for two hours. <laughs> what? It'd be like the old uh, who's on first, what's on second. That's exactly what it'd be. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, let's, cheers, give this, let's give this uh, White Noise Imperial White IPA a try. Ooh, Ooh, that is deceptively smooth. It's very strong, too. It's really good. It's good. I, I had, it's, like, it's like creamy almost. I had like the extra head on top of my pour. <laughs> creamy and head. So, <laughs> and so the initial first instinct of the head going in my mouth was, 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 very, was very breakfasty. I was like, ooh, breakfast. Ooh. But then I got... <laughs> Some some after nodes afterwards. In what there. do you usually have for breakfast? I don't usually eat breakfast. This creamy head, my my instincts kicked in. Ooh, breakfast. <laughs> I guess. Hey, breakfast in bed again. Ooh, hey oh. That's delicious though. That's really good. It's a lot thicker. It's a lot get, heavier I than I expected it to be. To be honest with you, but it's an it's an imperial. That's why. That's good. I like it. A little Very bit good. of that woodsy barrel flavor at the end or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. yeah. Did you read the can, description? Uh, yeah. Well, you, where I, the hell were you, man? I, go, I was looking up my Nicolas Cage 16 movies in three oh, years thing. right on. Why? What? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, well, that's what we're... That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, uh, on the bright side, nobody died this week. Oh. At least nobody that nobody? was. At least nobody that was important. No important for, people died. God, now I'm gonna forget somebody, and yeah. I'm gonna feel like a giant mm-hmm. piece of shit. A jerk. Uh, well, something died. <clears throat> um, the court case between uh, Victor Miller 
and Horror Inc., the company owned by Sean Cunningham. Mm -hmm. This is the the huge court case that has tied up the Friday the 13th rights. It basically killed the Friday the 13th game as far as any new content. Like, this is a big, big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, They settled, and they, uh, well... Came down, and the decision was given to Victor Miller. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he retains the rights for anything to do with uh, the original Friday the 13th movie and any characters in it. However, yeah. what he does not have the rights over is the hockey mask killer of Jason. Mm-hmm. Because that was established in later movies that he did not write. So he, the character of Jason as we know it, he did not write. Now, well, hold on. They specifically went on to say, uh, Horror Inc. said he, yep. he doesn't have rights to the hockey masked killer. They never said Jason. I think, does he actually have the rights to Jason Voorhees? He just doesn't have the rights to the hockey masked killer. No, I uh, I have the, uh, the thing I, like, right I think, here. I think if they go on and they make anything else, they can't actually call him Jason. Isn't that right? Yeah, I'm trying to find the uh, the statement that I have right here. Um, let's see here. Uh, we were just this is what Horror Inc. Uh, released when they. Um, when the news came out about it. It says, We are disappointed in the court's ruling and disagree with its conclusion. We are considering our options, including an appeal. In the meantime, the court was very clear that its ruling in favor of Mr. Miller is limited to the original screenplay in which Jason's mother is the killer and that Mr. Miller's termination notice did not purport to terminate the separate copyright in the iconic... Uh, supernatural killer who wears a hockey mask. Right. See, they're not it saying also, Jason. It also does not grant any rights to <clears throat> Mr. Miller that would enable him to use any element of the original screenplay outside <clears throat> of the United States. Now, the name Voorhees is. I I feel like that's probably in question because that name was came that name came from that original movie. Yeah. Um, however, Jason as the killer was not. So they can say. They could just literally say that he's the hockey mask killer and his name is Jason. They just might not be able to use the name Voorhees. Mm. That could be a way they could get around it. However, that's just conjecture. On, that's on conjecture. Your, yeah. yeah, this is a, this is a very <clears throat> sticky web to sure. to try to get through. Um, oddly enough, the guy that played Shelley in um, uh, Friday Three uh-huh. is an entertainment lawyer now, and oh. he actually chimed in on it. Um, and he he went on to say. Um, uh, he goes, just a quick note on the Friday the 13th lawsuit. The judge's opinion is under seal, and once it's out, I'll have a deeper dive. One thing that you should know is that even though Victor won, his lawsuit only affects the U.S. rights. Sean does Sean does, and will control foreign rights to the film, no matter whether Victor's win holds up on the appeal. So neither Victor nor Sean can make a movie without them coming to a deal, because no studio will make a new Friday the 13th movie that can't be released domestically and foreign. So, so it's still, it's so really still screwy. Is, so really this is just a like a like a a pride win because yep. still nothing can happen right um can that what are the implications for the game and stuff like that? uh it says in the game um let's see here i know he did uh, uh he goes on to say uh the shelly guy i can't remember the guy's name but uh he goes on to say uh, as for the game it is and shall always be a great game but even if victor and sean work things out the guys at gun media will not be adding new content oh that sucks um Hopefully, now granted, Horror Inc. is is saying they are working on new Friday the 13th properties as we speak. Mm -hmm. So who knows what that is, though. That's no guarantees it's movies. It's no guarantees that it's, you know, it could just be a hockey mask killer movie that they just don't actually say a name. It could, you know, who knows. Like, Jason Goes to Hell. Maybe it's a musical. Jason Goes to Hell. If they just referred to him as, oh my God, he's back, and never actually said his name. Yeah. Like, that, that movie has, like, virtually no Jason in it anyway. Right. So it's like... 
they could get away with doing that again, I'd be okay with it because I love that movie. So, but, <laughs> so they can make it, he can make it in foreign countries, but and release it there, but cannot, even if he makes it all over there, he cannot release it here. Yeah, That's I was thinking, like. I was thinking like you could make the movie, release it in the entire rest of the world under the name Friday the 13th, but then in the United States, just call it like Jason Returns Friday or something the like, you know what I'm saying? 14th. Like, like <laughs> not, that they'd wanna, not that they'd want to do that. But I mean, as long as it's not released under that name, would that matter? I, I I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how these things work. Maybe I'm completely off base on this, but, uh, but it's 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 interesting. This is not over yet. Yeah. Here's what sucks. Um, he goes, he does go. I, I read his his entire. Um, Zerner is the guy's name. Paul Zerner. Um, Larry Zerner. I don't know where Paul came from. Larry Zerner uh, is the guy that played Shelley. He mentioned that even if Sean Cunningham does appeal it. It could take three to four years to go through. Ooh. So we could, we could still have another three to four years of no Jason stuff if he if they're trying to appeal it. We Dude. should just redo so, it as his name being Jeffrey, <laughs> and he wears a lacrosse mask, <laughs> and, and just do it. Do your own twist on it, and everyone will be like, "Well, I know it's the, I know it's him making it, so it's going to be good. It's the same thing." But Je- Jeffrey Morbies. <laughs> why is there why has there never been a porn parody called like? Like Jason Whores, please. <laughs> Why has that never happened? I don't know. Get on it. Yeah. Oh, what are you waiting it. for? <laughs> Do something about it, Michael. <laughs> All right. So that's that. Uh, more to come as it uh, as it develops. <laughs> more, to, um, more to come once Jason <laughs> Jason Whores, please comes out. <laughs> um, so just this one, you have a lot to talk about. Oh, okay. You have a lot to talk about it. Um, Richard Dreyfus is an idiot. <laughs> I love Richard Dreyfus. I do. It's me, Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> but, but I told you I didn't want to wear the damn mask. <laughs> but he's kind of dumb. He wants to retouch Jaws and completely digitally remove <laughs> Bruce and put in a new CGI shark oh to really gosh. drive home the, so- the shark. Sorry, I'm going to recycle a joke here. <laughs> Mr. Holland's Nopus. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? No, that's Come uh, on. yeah. He's stupid. Who would, who in God's name would think that's a good idea? Nobody, except for Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> it's not even it's news. A, I just had to bring it up. It's uh, it's it's dumb. It's uh, like why? And it doesn't like the sh- the shark. Bruce looks looks awesome. amazing. That that movie works because of the look of Bruce. Yes, right. it, does it look like a real shark? No, it looks like fucking Bruce. Like like right. Jaws wouldn't Bruce Jaws would Jaws? not look. <laughs> Uh, correct as anything other than that no. mechanical shark coming out of the water. No, it would look stupid. You know? Yeah. Um, Is it more just because you can nowadays? Like, oh, I can go back and, and I can make this look awesome by doing this. Yeah. I, I That's his, That's what his thought is. He's like, we, we should go back and inject the life into it that we know. Like, let's go back and make the shark he's look also, like a real shark. But he's also like, probably under the impression that things are so much better nowadays. And they're not right <laughs> i mean it, it's just like like years ago in some of our old bands i don't remember if it was our band or mine and brian's last band where like we recorded straight into the system there was no like drum samples and stuff mm-hmm. and after like drum samples became more popular or, or i had access to them i was like oh i'm gonna make this this record sound even bigger because i'm gonna go back to it and i'm gonna put some some samples over top of that snare drum to make it really pop through right. <laughs> and that whole like old school shitty recording of when we were 15 years old like didn't sound as cool anymore it, right. it, it wasn't mm-hmm. the same you know it wasn't as authentic but it was it, it was better because it was it had new stuff in it right well, it's and, funny it's and like new, that and new know? isn't always better no I was just I was actually just reading something the other day about bands going back and redoing their stuff and how like bands that started off in one style and kind of morphed into something else when they got popular and uh, the Wonder Years which is a popular uh, like 
yeah, I wouldn't call them pop punk. They're rock band, whatever you want to call, whatever whatever subgenre you want to put them in. Um, Post melodic rock core. Foot. I hate sure. all the. Well, they started off as as an easy core band. Uh, I easy, easy. I don't even know what that no, means. Easy core actually is a good name. You know, easy like a Sunday morning. Because oh, it's like hardcore. I get it. It's like hardcore, but it's pop punk with breakdowns. So instead of hard, it's easy. It's it's a it was it was big. It was like uh, like Newfound Glory pioneered it. You just, had bands like just call uh, it, just call Dagger it, Mouth and just call it rock and roll. Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> anyway, though he they uh they recently See, I'm old school. Newer they, isn't always better. They recently <laughs> just uh, went back and they remixed their first record called Get Stoked on It. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan Soupy Campbell, the singer, mm-hmm. he basically put out a thing. He goes, if you uh, if you're a fan of the old record, enjoy the new remixes. Uh, if you're not. I'm on your side. <laughs> so it's like even like like bands even bands Soupy. do it when they don't even want to. Soupy Campbell. That's funny. Yep. All right, what else <laughs> you got? That. Anyway, um yeah, so uh John Carpenter uh has has taught has has expressed his uh that yearning name, that name sounds familiar. Um he makes like benches and stuff. Oh, He's a carpenter. Oh, He's yeah, like Jesus. John, yeah. <laughs> John the John the Carpenter. John the okay. Carpenter. <laughs> Uh, he has expressed interest in getting into the director's chair again, which is very cool because I never thought he'd ever want to do that again. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be a bit more reinvigorated in, in the world of film lately. Is he going to um, build his director's chair himself? He probably will. <laughs> he probably listening to the Carpenters. <laughs> why, should, why, didn't, why isn't his band called that? It's like the real Carpenters, <laughs> right? Um, so I thought until he actually said his uh, thing. He he start he starts off by saying he wants to direct, but by the end of his quote, it doesn't sound like he wants to direct at all. <laughs> so I'm going to read you this quote because I think it's really funny. Uh, he goes, uh, <laughs> "I would love to direct something if it's the right thing to do at my age. I'm not going to make another thing. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm not going to go to the Arctic again. I'm not doing it. I want to take it easy and I want to enjoy myself. I've always wanted to do something in Europe. I've wanted to do something in Venice. I've got to say, uh, I haven't gotten a written story for it though." Um, but I don't know. I'd love to do something in Europe. That would be fun to do. There are, but there are two important things in my life, though: basketball, so when the season starts, and video games. And <laughs> to play video games, you have to sit in a chair and not really get up and do anything. I love that. That's my job now: to sit around and do nothing. So <laughs> he starts off by saying he wants to direct, but then saying he'd much rather sit and play video so games it, at his it house. It sounds like he wants to travel to Europe. But once he's there, he wants to play video games. Yeah, pretty much. Which that's Which fine. Is, we've covered this before. He said this before. It's nothing new. But I just find it so funny that it's like, it's like, it's like I had my hopes up so much. I had like a raging John Carpenter hard on, and then just went limp by the. <laughs> he should just go to Europe, make a video about basketball, maybe redo Space Jam or something. Oh, John but, Carpenter but all, Space but Jam. But all the characters are controlled by two kids playing video games. Video games. They're, Boom! Well, shakalaka. <laughs> Tips it in. He's on fire. Hey, <laughs> uh, I got nothing else for space, that. Space NBA Jam. It's Didn't perfect. They, actually, they're redoing Space Jam right now. What? They're, That's they're, what I thought I heard. They're that. remaking it. I can't remember who the. Uh, well, I heard that LeBron was attached. Yeah, to LeBron. It. But that was a long time ago. I don't know if it's still actually happening. I think it's still happening. So that was like that was like years ago. I heard about that. Was it really? Directed by John Carpenter. <laughs> All right. What else you got? <clears throat> This is very um, this is very funny to me. So this this Christmas, Deadpool two is getting re released in theaters mm-hmm. with a three with a with a PG thirteen rating, right? Try to get some more business to mm-hmm. it. Um, now Why? It because the, it's it was already the because, biggest comic book movie because ever. Because it's Deadpool two 
and because it's Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, of course, it's not <clears throat> just going to be a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2. Mm -hmm. um, Ryan Reynolds has teased that it's going to be a completely new experience to see the movie. I swore you said nude experience there for a second. <laughs> very well <laughs> could be. <laughs> it very well could be. Um, so he has, and I got to pull up a picture here for you because I, you, you, just, you need to see this. Um, oh my God, did I not save it? Oh no. Motherfucker. Okay, um, I did save it. It's right here. So <laughs> he posted a picture saying, what do you think of this? It's a picture of, of Deadpool reading a storybook, like a children's storybook, because that's what a PG-13 version of Deadpool would be. Yeah. To, to a man in a bed... That man is Fred Savage. <laughs> oh, it's the... Uh, it's, it's the Princess Bride. Oh, dude. Only Deadpool's the old man reading the story to an adult Fred Savage. That's amazing. Sick in bed. Actually, And I, it's so, being called <laughs> the Deadpool Before Christmas. <laughs> I saw that picture and I thought it was just like... Uh, so this is... That's, that's actually what they're doing? I don't know, but this is the picture they pulled here, Jay. You can see it right here. The, you, you've seen Princess Bride before, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's the picture that they posted, and I, they didn't say that that's what they're doing, but they're clearly together and shot this. So I hope to Christ that <laughs> that this is what they're doing. I hope I will start believing in God again if they do this. I, I swear I will. I will. Well, good. Then you'll save your soul, you bastard. <laughs> Making that mark. Into <laughs> that. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay. Um, this is just fun news. Uh, Mike Flanagan is doing the Doctor Sleep um, sequel to The Shining. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they just cast uh, Jocelyn Donahue in a role, which is very cool. Dude. We're big fans of Jocelyn Donahue here on the old Buzzkill podcast. You know so. what's weird is seeing her do so much commercial work these yeah. days. Like, she's the new Affleck. Uh, I, I, Affleck? Affleck. She's in the Affleck commercials. Oh, I thought it was like Ben Affleck or whatever, <clears throat> and she popped up and goes, Affleck! <laughs> no. She's in all the Affleck commercials Why now. Why is he not in those commercials? Affleck? <laughs> I don't know, because he's off being a jerk somewhere. Isn't he kind of a jerk? Mm. I think he's kind of a jerk. Uh, and then she's also in, like, uh, Macy's or something like that. Like, she's the spokesperson for... And it's weird, because every time I see her, I'm like, Ah, Jocelyn Donahue. And my, and my wife's like, I don't know who that is. It's like, you wouldn't, because you don't watch good movies with me. That's that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. She does, but just not those ones. All right, uh, let's see. You're moving on. Uh, oh, here's here's something really cool. What's new on Blue, baby? Oh, mama. All right, so <clears throat> I... Uh, Last week, we already told you about the uh, VOD and theatrical release of Mandy. But since we're talking about Mandy this week, I thought that it bears repeating mm -hmm. that October 30th, DVD and Blu-ray, it's coming out. And uh, it will include behind the scenes plus deleted and extended scenes, which I'm, I'm excited, excited about, about that. that because I want more of it because that movie was awesome. This, yeah, this, this movie was a trip. Yeah, trip is a good way of putting it. <clears throat> I actually, I, have, I, have I actually want to do actually, a bunch of acid and then watch it. I have a theory it. <laughs> about the entire movie too, but go on. Good. I'm glad. I'm. I'm. I'm excited to hear that. All right. Next up, the 1983. You look forward to telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. I'm kind of open to anything yeah. with Mandy because it seriously is. It's just a big. It's yeah. a. It's, a, it's yeah. What. I didn't really find her all that. I'm not really open to anything with her. <laughs> she, had, she had weird big eyes. I don't know. 
You like big no, eyes. No, like big pupils. Like there's one scene where like one pupil was. Everybody in the movie one. had giant pupils because they were all high on weird <laughs> LSD the whole time. All right, the 1983 action slasher crossover starring Charles Bronson uh, called Ten to Midnight mm-hmm. is headed to Blu-ray via Scream Factory. This slasher film in disguise about an LAPD detective hunting a handsome young serial killer will come out. Or will come with an all-new high-def transfer and limited edition slipcover by artist Joel Robinson, and it can be yours on January twenty-second, twenty nineteen. I'm a big fan of Chuck Bronson. Um, I did not know that he had a movie that was like a slasher in disguise. I didn't I've either. never even heard of this. So have they, you seen the trailer? Actually, the the article for this said that uh, only uh, only a year after the the uh, um, Chuck Norris. Uh, action slasher crossover. So, did you know that there was a Chuck no. Norris action slasher crossover I smell, too? I, 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 I smell an episode coming. Up. I was gonna say we Slashers should actually... in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Have I, have I seen what you were just gonna? You were just about there, to ask uh, me There's a new movie out called like Death Kiss. I think it's called with a Chuck Bronson lookalike in the role, mm. but he's basically playing um uh, uh what's what's the uh the Death Wish Death Wish. It's yeah. basically a new Death Wish movie. And this guy <clears throat> looks exactly like Charles Bronson. I think it I have crazy. seen crazy stuff about it that. It just got released. Yeah. I, I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving right along. Next up, also courtesy of Scream Factory, is the 1981 horror spoof Saturday the 14th. This spooky romp is about a couple who inherit a vast estate from a departed uncle, only to find that the house comes with some more frightening problems than some termite damage or a former self-proclaimed do-it-yourselfer owner named Marty, whose motto is measure once, cut as many times as you need to make it. Barely look like shit. My house looks like shit, Marty. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a thing. You can find that on January... Marty. You can find that on January 15th. Uh, The first season of Hulu's new hit series, Castle Rock. Ooh, have you seen it? Nope. Haven't seen it yet. Should do an episode on it. <laughs> uh, that'll be available to own on digital October fifteenth via Bad Robot Productions in association with Warner Bros. Television. Uh, to be followed by a physical four K Ultra HD Blu Ray release on January eighth by Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And I think that they well on Hulu you could watch the uh, the behind the scenes for each episode. Did you watch any of those? Uh, no, I did not. I didn't either. I know that they're going to have all that included on the Blu-ray, obviously, and then I think some additional behind-the-scenes stuff. We're so stuff. good at our jobs. Well, <laughs> I just don't have the time. <clears throat> Next up, speaking of Stephen King, November 6th, we're getting the definitive collector's edition Blu-ray of Stephen King's Sleepwalkers, presented by Scream Factory. Scream Factory again, of course. This cult classic directed by Mick Garris will come with loads of special features, including new interviews with cast and crew, and new limited edition slipcover packaging. So Very if cool. weird shape-shifting cat people who hate other cats but love having sex with their own family members is your thing, then make sure you keep an eye out for that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know that... An eye out? You get it? They made this movie for me. Do you get it? Cat's eye? No. I, no. This is Sleepwalkers. The dude out. loses his eye in the movie because a chick jams a corkscrew into it. Have oh, you never seen, seen Sleepwalkers? No, what no, the no. fuck is wrong with you? Sorry. Oh, now for something uh, a little bit different. Scream Factory. Oh, well, well then. <laughs> uh, tease the upcom- upcoming release of 1966's Hammer horror film, The Plague of the Zombies. Mm-hmm. Extras and specs are still in progress, but the tentative street date is January 15th. And last but not least... <clears throat> I'm going to make this one quick because you know what I'm going to say. 
Uh, I'm going to say if I'm going to say the word Scream Factory, right? <laughs> and then I'm going to say the title of a movie. Yep. And then I'm going to give you a date. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to tell Mike to go fuck himself. Give it so, to me, Lars. Here we go. Scream Factory <laughs> is adding to their Howling franchise collection with Felipe Mora's 1987 Howling uh, film Howling Three. Something about marsupials, I believe this one. It's no, this movie's Howling Three. Yes, it has like nothing to do with like werewolves. It's like marsupials. It's it's. I gotta keep going. Yeah, keep look going. it up. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Uh, watch out for that one on January 15th. Go fuck yourself, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's it. That's all that we got really, for blues, uh, baby. Okay, yeah. It's called uh, Howling 3, the Marsupials. Oh, well, there you go. Um, Seriously? Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, uh, in I this didn't sequel, know that. In this sequel, uh, werewolves have evolved with females having marsupial pouches to nurse their young. Oh, my. <laughs> um, scientists attempt to study them while soldiers try to track them and kill them in the Australian outback. I've seen a few of the Howling... Like, I've seen the original. The original Howling movie is amazing. Uh, I've seen a couple of the other ones. I haven't watched the entire series, but mm. they get they get loopy. They get real bad. They're uh, one of the Howling sequels. I think it's like four or five. Has one of the. It's like I think it's like on most lists. It's the absolute worst werewolf transformation. Seven. Is it's it se- seven. Is it seven. Oh god, it's, it's terrible. So bad. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it's like the girl. The girl looks directly at the camera and then she smiles and then it's just this horrible CG transfer into the wolf and then it cuts back to like the moon or something. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back to her, and all of the transformation that you had seen previously is gone, and she's morphing again. It's like the the editing was just like, where did they, what did you? Oh, it's terrible. Like, how did you, how did you think that lined up properly? It they didn't. just didn't have the budget to edit properly. I don't know. But anyway, that's all I got for blues. Okay, uh, you know I always save the very last bit of news for for the, the very best for last. I save the last one for the end. I save the last one for last. Uh, and this truly is the, the greatest thing. Um, it truly is the last piece of news. Uh, you know the, the, the sunglasses from a little movie called They Live? Mm-hmm. How they filtered out all of the ads and exposed, you know, for the truth? Yeah. Uh, they made them in real life. What? It's in beta right now, but there are sunglasses that will block out every advertisement on LCD screens. Really? Legitimately. Um, How's that so even the science behind it, The science behind it is this. Um, it says, uh, by, fl- by flattening and rotating the polarized lens 90 degrees, light emitted by LCD LED screens is blocked, making it look like the TV or computer in front of you is turned off. Um, they hope to, in the future, though, um, they'll eventually be designed to filter out TVs, LCD, LED, computers, uh, smartphones, and digital billboards. Um, but now it's just the TVs. So they want to do smartphones, billboards, they, all that stuff. How can they specifically target the ads, though? Science. It's just it's no, no. The it's, not, it's not the ads. It's, it's the whole, everything. It's, it's the whole it, thing. It doesn't matter you have what to you're take watching. Them and put them on when the ad. Comes oh, when on. the ad comes but on, you throw them. They okay. did, but they did show like an actual test of them walking mm-hmm. around Times Square. And so you're walking around Times Square with all these. LCD screens and there's just nothing. You have these sunglasses on it; they're all black screens. It's really crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. And they're only going to sell for forty nine dollars. What? I'm getting a pair. Hell yeah! I am absolutely getting a pair. <laughs> you wear them I, as your I, regular I, sunglasses, I, and you go to Times Square, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you, you forget. You're wearing them. <laughs> I heard so many things about this place, and it's just a total letdown. You know what you do? You give them as gifts to people, <laughs> so that way they think they're going nuts. They go on their tourism. And <laughs> um, 
but I Japan was really boring. There's <laughs> like I, I, I I'm I'm waiting for the follow up to this in a couple years when everybody has a pair of these things and mm-hmm. they're like, uh, unfortunately, we found out that rotating the polarization ninety degrees lets every ounce of UV ray <laughs> into your eyeballs, and now everyone has eye cancer. And then um, you, you know what else you do too when they st- when they start getting rid of the movie screens and projecting, and they actually do LCD screens. You mm-hmm. go there for their three D movies and you swap <laughs> out all the glasses. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> Bonus side effect, though, to your eyes getting damaged, everybody looks like Roddy Piper. Oh. So, I mean, I'll take it. Hey, yeah. You got to take the wins with the losses. I mean, hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got for the news, guys. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up today. Stupid fact of the day. Mel Blanc, who is the voice of Bugs Bunny, the famous Looney Tunes character with always with a carrot in her mouth. Well, she was allergic to carrots. Mel Blanc was. Really? Yeah. How are you allergic to carrots? That's a weird thing to be allergic to. Mel Blanc was a chick. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm serious. I I always <laughs> thought Mel Blanc was a dude. It it might be. I, I Mel. I know. No. No. It makes sense. But like, I always I, when I heard the name Mel, like Mel Blanc, I thought like, like Mel, Brooks. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. It never dawned on I me that it's it might short, be a chick. It's, it must be short for something. Melanie or Melody or something like that. Melon. Or Melania. <laughs> Melania. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's a weird fact. Yeah, I like I that. Play a nice. character that eats carrots, and you're allergic to thanks, carrots. So. Thanks there for hitting go. us with that one. That, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> Boom! That was the news. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, and we're gonna come back with some uh, some tofu, some Nicholas Cage tofu eaten episode. <laughs> Correction, right there. It was a guy, Melvin. Ah, Mel was short for. So why did you? Because it just says Mel Blanc. It doesn't say if it's what it is. I, I saw him. You just assumed. Assumed. You just, wait, you just assumed that it Did you just assume that person's gender? I oh. did. Oh. Well, hey, man. Someone, somebody, somewhere is triggered. It's 2018. <laughs> That's, I got to get with the trendy times, man. <laughs> but actually, you know what? No. I'm going to hand it to you because uh, progressive. Yeah. You thought it was a woman. You're being very progressive. Throughout this Dulce, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. with the tofu. Wait, uh, that sounded like Mike's entrance, but that didn't sound like Mike's voice. What happened? <laughs> Mike said, "Mike said, you know what? You start it." And I was like, "I don't know what to do." So I just took a cue from uh, from his. I took a page from his All notebook. Right. All right. All right. All right. He, was, he didn't want to do it because he was probably afraid he was gonna crack. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're back with the tofu. I don't. I. I. I just. I. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. Because I've well, I'm, I'm the, starting I'm which, starting to notice that part? my voice is cracking more in my day to day life now. It's because of this stupid show. See, well, because wh- you have throat injuries. But but what it is? is <laughs> no, no, that's not. Don't no. Come on now, Michael. Be nice. No, See, we, at, in the young age, we go through puberty. Now we're pushing that, like getting close to the over the hill days in our older days. Is this um, what they mean by midlife our, crisis? Our midlife like you go cr- through puberty yeah. again? Basically, are, our voices change again. We are seven years away from being over the hill. <gasps> That's still That's long. 50. That's a long isn't time. Isn't over the hill no, when you hit fifty? No, over the hill is forty, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know they changed it back ten years. I, no, Wasn't it always forty? I thought it's always been fifty. No, it's forty. Oh. 
Maybe between 40 and 50, you're on top of the hill. Ooh. Ah, there you go. Know. It's like a plateau. <laughs> <laughs> a huge, depressing plateau. On the plateau. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of over the hill, oh, the, that was a good segue. Thank you. The you first ride that thing through through the city. <laughs> the first movie we're talking about from 2017 is Mom and Dad. Let uh, me before we before before we even start before yeah. we even start. Okay, I have to tell you how how just gleefully elated I was last week when we landed on doing the actor spotlight and we had decided to do Nicolas Cage. Yeah, uh, I love Nicolas Cage. Something fierce. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, National Treasure is like one of them. Is that make fun of me all you want? <laughs> There's a map in the back of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> it's so stupid. We're gonna I, steal the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, you, um, you and my wife will eternally butt heads on this subject because she hates Nicolas Cage. Well, well, it's not my fault. You, you, you married. A, a, a lesser, beautiful a, a woman. lesser being, um, yeah. but you know, no. I, Nicholas Cage is, but he's he's so he's such Quirky. an actor's actor in the sense that he just goes for it. He does every role. It's he not, just goes for it's it. It's not always great, though. It doesn't matter. That's not that's, <laughs> sort of. It does. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Like these two, the two movies that we watched this week, I think, are some of his best. It, it's Absolute, some of his best I, work he's done in a long time. I agree with you. And both it's, movies still have the classic Nick Cage meltdown well, that I love so much. I agree with you that these are two of his best movies, and it's because these two movies are in a genre and both have the type of writing that call for him to have those I, Nick Cage freakouts. I feel as though um, in his in the age that he's at now, a lot of the projects that he is taking, I know that there was a, there was a whole deal where he like went bankrupt because he spent his money on like some of the dumbest shit in the world. Look it up. I'm not going to go through it now, but look it up. It's ridiculous the stuff like dinosaur bones and it's like he literally he had like he like, he owned like two castles, like literally two castles. Like it's crazy that the sounds, stuff he spent his money on. Sounds super rad, though. It's, well, <laughs> like, if you're going to waste bankrupt. your money wasting on castles and maybe islands one, and dinosaur bones. Maybe one castle. No, two castles. If if you have one castle, you're a chump. I'm sorry. You're a, you're a chump. <laughs> you have to have at least two castles for me to respect yeah, you. You bought an island? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> um, if, and if he could have just beat Leo rumor, out for that fucking T-Rex skull, he would have been just on top of the hill the rumor was though is that when he when he did go bankrupt though like he started taking just like every role just to get bankroll back and Mm -hmm. start making money acting again i don't know how true that is like it's it's just based on rumors that i've heard and stuff that i've read but if that's the case like i said he's done like 16 films in the last three years yeah so i mean Either he's just taking work because he <clears throat> wants to. Yeah. Perhaps he's found a second wind in his acting career, taking these more genre-type movies. Maybe he'll do more of them. I think he's kind I of mean, found his niche here. I th- I think so, too. Like, these, both of these movies... He's embraced I'm just gonna... the fact that he's a crazy person right. and, and just goes for it. Now. Both of the... And, and, like, there were a lot of really quirky parts in both of these movies, but it fit so well mm-hmm. with what he was doing. Like there, I, and there, are both, there are parts in both movies where he's trying... You can tell that he is, like... He is trying to act his ass off <laughs> and like be the most serious actor he can be, and his stupid facial uh, 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 facial expressions. Um, expressions yeah. like, you want to say impressions, <clears throat> but 
Uh, his stupid facial expressions just ruin it. <laughs> they, <laughs> like in they, both movies. They are, they are impressions in a way. They're impressions of uh, a good actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's he's Nick Cage trying to impersonate a good actor <laughs> doing facial expressions. That that weird maniacal smile that he does in every role that he's yes. ever like. Yeah. What the hell is that? But it worked it. with these. It worked um, with these, and it worked in Face Off. That was like the only, that was those were the three his, instances where it actually worked. Vito will absolutely love me for bringing this up. Um, he did a movie called Deadfall. Uh, it was an older movie or whatever. He did it for uh, as like a uh, you know he's Martin Scorsese's nephew. Oh uh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So he did it for I think it was Scorsese's son. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but was directing the movie, mm-hmm. and so he did it as a favor. And it is it is hands down in the in the top two I would say craziest Nick Cage performances ever. It is batshit. Like it is it makes no sense. He is just off his fucking rocker. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I will show it to you. I have a bootleg copy of it because I, I don't think it was ever no, released. Uh, not Scorsese, Coppola. Coppola. Yeah. I'm sorry, Coppola. My bad. To avoid a correction there. Um, we're getting really good at correcting ourselves now. On the fly. On the on the fly. It's uh, we're 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 uh, we're taking we're taking Vito's job away from him. Yeah, we are. We're sick of you, Vito. But uh, yeah, you need to see Deadpool. It is amazing. I need to it see is, what. It, <laughs> it, a, it a hiccup. Um, but yeah, no, just put that out there. Everybody needs to track that movie down like online or or I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, just find it and watch it because it is a gem. It is a gem of gems. <laughs> Anyway, Mom and Dad from Mom 2017. Mom and Dad, 2017. A teenage girl and her little brother must survive a wild 24 hours during which a mass hysteria of unknown origins causes parents to turn violently on their own kids. So uh, so this movie was directed by Brian Taylor. If you know the name, uh, he uh, directed uh, both Crank movies, Crank and Crank High Voltage. He did uh, the Gerard Butler Gamer movie and also the, the, the seminal classic Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Oh yeah! <laughs> These, they, why they made a sequel to the first Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie, I have no idea. So um, his uh, his directorial style is very uh, recognizable. It, it, it's it's seizure inducing. Right, what it and is. it and it definitely came through in this movie too. Absolutely. Um, it worked though. Like it, it kind of like the the weird frantic editing coupled with the weird frantic music. Yeah. It all worked really well, and really, I, really I liked did. it a lot. Um, so you have Nicolas Cage playing the dad. His name is Brent. Uh, the beautiful Selma Blair mm-hmm. playing Kendall, the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ann Winters playing Carly. Uh, uh, the daughter. The daughter. And uh, and Zachary playing Joshy. Joshy. <laughs> Carly. Uh, you also have Ro- Robert uh, Cunningham as Damon, who is, like, uh, who is Carly's senior boyfriend. Oh, uh no, he's a junior. Oh, I'm sorry, junior your, boyfriend. It's not even shit right. It's not even bad. Come <laughs> on. Uh, and then uh, a cameo by Lance Hendrickson in probably the greatest role of his career, playing <laughs> Nicolas Cage's father, Mel. Another Mel. Mel. Duh. Duh. A dude named Mel. That's unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was his mother that changed over. Progressive times, like you said. Mel is a woman's name, and I'm standing by it. But then there's Rachel Melvin. Who played Jean, and mm-hmm. that's that's another woman. So it, on our break, we realized that we know two female Mel's <laughs> and two male Mel's, and those are the only two that exist in the world. So they're split down the. Uh, so I don't I don't blame you for thinking that Mel Blanc was a woman. Yeah, because we have a, a friend named Mel. Right. That, that, that and then is a woman. And, and then so there's that's Mel why B, of course. And yeah. then you have Mel Brooks and uh, Mel Gibson. 
Mm. That's all of the Mel's in the entire world, except for Mel. Except for all played of the, by Lance Henriksen. <laughs> except for all of the other Mel's. <laughs> so um, okay, so there's two golden rules in filmmaking. At least there used to be. Nowadays, it seems like the rule book is thrown out the fucking window. But there's only two. There's two golden rules. You don't kill and hurt kids, and you don't kill dogs. Those are like the two golden rules <laughs> in movies, right? Uh, Brian Taylor took that first rule and just said nope and he, made an entire movie literally about killing children and babies he definitely set the pace 30 seconds and he set the he set a very fast pace in the first like yeah 30, 30, 30 seconds, seconds of the movie and i was I, I sat down to watch this movie and i get 30 seconds in and i'm like i'm like uh i'm really glad my wife's not watching this with me because <laughs> she she loves she loves horror movies but uh like kids dying is not a big not a big fan Why? favorite Why? for her. Why? Uh I don't know. I don't, maybe having kids has affected the way she I You have kids? Uh I thought you stole them. No. No, I don't. Um so yeah, so so mom and dad <clears throat> it's literally about um uh, I don't think we described why white noise fits in the, right. the beer our, we're our, drinking. Our white noise imperial white, white. IPA here. Uh so you, you get you get the sense after a little while they after this movie, it, which I love. I know, yeah. They don't explain the whole wh- thing's very no, vague. You have no idea it's, why it's happening. It's right. almost like Pontypool, but they don't really yeah. say why it's happening. Yeah. It just kind of is, and you're left to figure it out. But there is some signal that is being sent through. It's actually like the, a lot of parallels between static, this and the story of kind Pontypool. Of, kind of, yeah. Uh, through the white noise static on cable stations, mm-hmm. being the signals being broadcast, and whenever a parent looks at the static the snow on the tv screen it's like it it's like it it, it triggers them and they just want to you know what kids you know it actually comes through the comes through the radio too because selma mm. selma mm. blair's character uh is uh, kendall is infected through the radio signal. no no she saw the tv at the uh, hospital she's listening to the radio on the ride home but she has not been around her kids yet so it didn't it didn't grab hold yet okay so so there's some running themes in this movie and one of them is uh like obviously people are people are turning on their children they want mm-hmm. to kill their children but she's kind of going through this disdain and this like resentment for her children well, even before daughter, she becomes infected her daughter's kind of a rotten bitch yeah let's just be honest here yeah she that's probably just, should have died that's just teenage girls <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping my, I'm I'm trying my hardest to be best friends with my daughter right now so that she won't be uh, a wretched little nightmare, but uh, who knows? They all they all do it, right? She already is. Oh no! <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so so anyway, uh, it, it 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 really takes off fast. Like you've got this this very opening scene. Spoilers, big spoilers here, yep. as always. Yeah, these uh, are newer movies. We used to say that like for new movies, we wouldn't give too much away, but fuck that. It's not near as fun we, to not talk. We kind of figure that if you listen to our show at this point, you probably know that we give a lot of spoilers and hey, away. We're so. putting up suggested watching stuff now, like right. the week before, so you know what's coming up. Right. So just watch the damn movies. Uh, so the way they set the pace in this movie is you see a, a you see a, a woman pull up to a train crossing, and she stops on the tracks. She's got kids. And they established already. There's a son in her back seat. Well, like you, you see the guard the guardrails go down, and then you kind of see a shot from the back seat, and you can just see like the little the little tyke's hand up in the air and the top of his head, and then she just kind of just like in in an almost sort of. Uh, 
zombified state just like gets out of the car and walks away and then all of a sudden you see the speeding train coming at him it's like oh it just my takes God. out the car <laughs> makes me so sad i like like let's let, let's get something straight here i don't really like when kids die in movies either especially now that i have kids but yeah. i'll still watch them you had to kind of put that and on I still pause had, for this movie <laughs> and i still had a lot of fun watching this movie so it is what it is but um uh, so so that's how he, that's how they set the pace in this movie and then mm-hmm. it kind of goes on you you start hearing chatter over the like the news stations and like nobody's really paying too much attention but to it. But it's a phenomenon though. Like it's going on it's going on everywhere. It's like a zombie apocalypse basically. Kind of, yeah. But uh you start to hear about just like oh there's parents all over it's like they're like it's not just an isolated incident. They thought maybe it was like a cult thing or something at first, but all of a sudden they're hearing all over the world people are turning on their children and yep. they're, suddenly like they're actually saying them. if you have children do not go home right. stay away from your kids like they're, they're pleading with people yeah. to they not s- like go see their kids even though they know that it's your instincts to go to them in times of crisis one of my favorite things is that somehow they got dr oz to appear <laughs> yeah. in this movie and you know, like about killing children and he's talking about uh well, he's not a real doctor he's talking about uh this this phenomenon in uh in pigs Mm -hmm. called savaging and and how uh like a huge proportion of the uh, of the uh the the death rate in young pigs is actually because their mothers will kill them and then the newscaster, of course, says, are you trying to compare a bunch of children dying to pigs? And he's yes. like, I'm just giving you what I know. <laughs> and I thought that was a really funny cameo. Yep. But uh, so that proves this movie doesn't take itself seriously. Not that it should with, with the subject matter. Oh, yeah. Um, but the whole movie, though, is essentially it's it's a fun way of looking at parenting, though. Honestly, when you ha- when like your kids are just the worst, and, like mm-hmm. every parent I know my parents went through it. God knows my parents went through oh, it. Yeah. Like, we're usually, I want to strangle my kids because they're being such assholes <laughs> and I want to kill them. Like that, that, that's what this movie kind of was. It was like that, it was like that, um, that, that fantasy that like every parent sort of like for a split second lives out in their heads when their kids are just being unruly. It's like, a, it's an, it's terrible. an, it's an impulse that nobody would ever act on. I mean, some people, unfortunately, no, not a lot of people would yeah. act on, but it's an impulse that everybody who has children can relate to. Yep. Cause my kids will just kick you through a fucking wall. That was, a, my kids will be <laughs> trashing the room sometimes. And like, and Sadie will be like writing on the couch with a marker and I'll just be like, I'm going to throw you through a window. Like, I'll actually say that to her. I'm joking. I'm smiling and laughing when I say it. But it's like, at the same time, you're like, I'm going to throw you through a fucking window if you don't stop drawing on the couch with a marker. So it's, uh, I, I, like you said, it was kind of a... It's kind of a <laughs> tongue fun, in cheek. The it's kind of like tongue a fun, yeah. tongue-in-cheek, like, satirical way of, of dealing with this crazy impulse that parents sometimes get where they just want to, like, just decimate their children yep. because they're being assholes yep and uh there's a there's a great moment with nick cage and actually we use part of it in the intro the the greatest thing of nick cage's career of him seeing the hokey pokey <laughs> while destroying a pool table with a sledgehammer it, it's it's cinema gold is what it is um but really though and that whole him... scene kind of sets up like the sort of the the feel like the the, the feeling that uh, like as a parent, I'm not like I'm not like oh man, my life used to be awesome. I was just out like shooting lines and banging chicks, and now I'm a dad and I'm going bald. I am going no, bald. He did that in the other movie. 
What's that? He he shot lines in the other. Movie. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to. <laughs> but but like that's uh like that's kind of the the story they set up before this infection even started. Mm-hmm. Like people are kind of resentful of the fact that they're. Like he wanted to be a like a rock star, you know. Yep. And the mom had, and Kendall sweet misfits shirt that he's wearing too, by the way. I love the fact that yeah, like he's both movies actually had really good music shirts. She's good, wearing a Black Sabbath shirt, I believe. Good music shirts yeah. and just good music altogether. I agree. Yeah. Um. But that's yeah. That's what they're setting up is like this this idea that yep. even before this infection took hold, people were sort of resentful of the lives that they were leading now, yep. which you know it's overblown. Oh sure, pe- yeah. Pe- no, it's, people it's, it's might... completely over the top. Right. But uh, but this movie does a really good job though of just taking that those those fleeting moments of insanity that you have, excuse me, or that I assume you have as a parent, mm-hmm. and just making it like an hour and a half romp of just slaughtering children, and it's <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> it's it's just like it's like a it's a look into what would happen if you actually acted on those impulses. Exactly. It reminded me a lot of the remake of Dawn of the Dead, when the kids going crazy and trying to kill the uh, the parents. Mm-hmm. Only it's completely flip flopped on its head, but yeah. it's in but it's in like suburbia. It's in it's mm-hmm. in the same thing. Um, so as the story goes, basically you have the daughter. The son is at home with the housekeeper, uh, and the daughter uh, who is out gallivanting with uh, Mister Junior. Um, well, actually, she's not. She's just at school with her friend. No, he actually seems like a really nice kid. He does, right? <laughs> and and their relationship is totally not a threatening no, relationship not a, not or anything. But the dad's like, "You're not seeing that boy. He's a junior." And yeah. And uh, is that the reason? Well, the daughter does bring up that he he's a he's a black kid, and the the daughter brings it up that yeah, you don't like him because he's black. And he said, "I don't like him because he's a junior." Yeah. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, though, like so. Basically, the, the the mass hysteria starts, and it's basically it's the the daughter and the son. They both end up at the house, and Nicholas Cage comes home wor- uh, early from work. So does the mother, and it's the mother and the father trying to get to the daughter and the son to kill them. They they've locked themselves in various parts of the house, uh, in the basement, uh, in the uh, in the vent system. They go through very uh, diehard of them. Uh, <laughs> now, was it a uh, a cleaned out vent system or was it uh, dirty? They didn't really show a lot of the vent system. They kind of crawled just like through like the uh, the opening of the actual. They went from they went from the basement up into like a like a crawl or like an attic or something. Basically, yeah. They they didn't really show much of it. I I was watching for it though, but they did not show much of it. I bet you you could have eaten off those. I don't know. They were pretty clean. They were pretty clean when they came out. I'm just putting that out there. Are there actually any are there any venting systems in residential houses? that you could fit into even as a child go try um, it. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, look at that that's not that's not big enough for even oh a God, kid to no, fit through no not those like you're talking a, a sophomore in high school no way no now i have been i have been in old houses where you could fit in between the walls yeah. because the walls are kind of built out you know they're not like back to back like new construction yeah old construction there's actual because they needed all the insulation and they used that old lattice uh, yeah. Lattice work that was right. wasn't just studs like people under the stale, stairs yes, style. stales stales people under the <laughs> people stales. under the stales. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the back to the movie at hand here because we can go on tangents all night. Um, Let's just do that. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you guys are they, looking tan, gents. <laughs> you guys are looking tan, gents. Did you not? <laughs> oh, I get it. I'm uh, like, what the fuck is he talking about? That went. Whoosh. Yeah, it really did. Read over um, Mike's head. 
so they they at one point in time the kids locked them <laughs> they locked themselves in the basement and Selma Blair, the mom, she goes and she goes, I got this. And she goes and grabs a, a Sawzall. And mm-hmm. she goes, it's a Sawzall. It's saws all. <laughs> Which is true. It's so dumb. I it's love true. it. true. <laughs> There's a lot of really great lines in this movie. Dude. Uh, and they, they eventually <clears throat> they'll try to gas them out of the basement by uh, attaching a garden hose to the gas line. And, From and, the... it, and it leads to a really awesome... Uh, yeah, I actually uh, I was pretty impressed with Selma Blair because you know everybody knows Nick Cage can freak out. Yes, but in in the in the moment when she's trying to saw through the door with the sawzall, and uh, Nick, uh, what the hell is his name? Brent. Brent goes up because uh, fucking Brent. <laughs> fucking Brent. He went up to find his his handgun. Yes, he was gonna he was gonna bust through and shoot his children. And uh, it turned out, you know, they they go back to a flashback of actually the son at some point found this handgun. Doing exactly what kids would do. Exactly. Yeah, he loaded it and he's like standing in front of the mirror playing with it and stuff. Basically how you hear of a bunch of kids actually dying in real life, which sucks. But... uh, Survival of the fittest. So he, oh my god, that's terrible. So he goes, he goes looking for his gun. And it's empty, and then all of a sudden you hear the gunshot go off. And in that, she, in that moment when she gets shot and she's she freaking lips her shit, she's screaming like, uh, like she, like wouldn't you? Like death metal growls. I was like, fuck. I didn't know Selma Blair had it in her to do that, and like I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I like. I've always liked Selma Blair. Oh, I love I thought Selma she's, Blair. I've always thought she's really underrated. Um, yeah, but, totally. She's kind of a she's kind I, of a dark I horse. Her. I met her in real life once. You did? Uh, it was across the mall, but yeah. <laughs> From across the mall. When I was in LA, they were filming uh, the, some TV show in the the main mall in uh, Hollywood, mm-hmm. and uh, me and Vito were walking through, and they were filming it, so we saw them. So you didn't meet her. <laughs> From across the mall. <laughs> did you yell to her? I looked at her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you guys you guys met on sort of like a cosmic level the one like sort of a uh, sort of a mandy level where you guys floated into the cosmos together and you existed for a she brief could, moment in could, time she could feel my presence <laughs> <laughs> so anyway let's uh let's let let's get it well hold on first of all we gotta we gotta we gotta rewind real quick we gotta go to the to the to the first to the first like because by the end of the movie you're just in the house of this family yeah and that's it's very isolated, but at the beginning of the movie, there's uh, there's an emergency at school, and they tell all the children we're evacuating the whole place. Yes, yep. And so they get all the ch- which this seems completely counterintuitive. They should have just kept them in the school. Which is what would have happened, safety. but that also would not have progressed the story. Right, so. <laughs> right. So they get them, they get them all out, and the kids are all standing outside, and all of their parents are lined up at the, like, this this whole get, school like is... Like zombies. Yeah, this whole school in. is, like, yeah. gated in, and the parents are... They're there. They're completely lucid. And they're kind of, like, trying to beckon them over, but you can tell they also have this, like, deadness in their eyes, and they're like, yeah, just come here, come here. I it love was, you so much. It was at the complete polar opposite of Cooties. That's yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that. And uh, and the parents are like beckoning the children over, and the teachers are all like, "No, no, no! You can't go to your parents like until we figure out what's going on." And then there's this one kid who he sees his mom, and he really wants to go see his mom, and so he finally runs over to her, and he goes to jump over the gate, and then the mob just pulls him down, and you see the mom. You don't actually see this happen, but you see her hand up in the air, 
and she's holding her keys in between her fingers yep. and just stabbing the shit out of her own son. I was like, oh my gosh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's just complete pandemonium. The the uh, the uh, zombie parents start to jump over the fence. They yeah, chase it's, all the it's, kids it's through the football scary, field. Actually, oh yeah, there's a couple of times in the football field where the parents like are tackling their kids down, like smashing their heads into the ground. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh, like my God. one guy's running by a trash can and he grabs the the empty trash the garbage bag out of the trash can and catches <laughs> up to his daughter and just, <laughs> just sacks her, puts it over her head and starts to suffocate her. I'm like, this is really heavy. And then uh, there's uh, actually the cop. The cop was played by who the hell was that? There was a there was a cop who is actually a pretty recognizable actor. Oh really? Uh, I didn't notice any uh, any, cameo, any cameos. Yeah, I can't I can't find it. But uh, um, so then after that, after like all the pandemonium on the on the uh, the field there, that's when you kind of start to filter back into the burbs, mm-hmm. and it's a little more isolated. Um, Car- a- Carly ends up going to the house of her her. Uh, her best friend. Yes. And they get there. The The friend is, she's trying to watch the news, trying to figure out what's going on. Carly is, and the friend's just like lighting up a joint. She just, just wants to get high. Yeah. yeah. Get high, get drunk. She goes yeah. upstairs, and her mom is there waiting for her. Her mom ends up, you know, offing her. And yep. then. In a really what? awesome way, too. How did she do? Didn't she just strangle her? Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking That's of, super awesome. I'm thinking of a different way. There, there's, there's so many ca- kids getting killed in this movie. I thought well, that was one of the awesome ones. And the ones, weird but... thing is, is it's it's only those people's kids. So yeah. like whenever you, whenever were... Carly whenever Carly and uh, and her boyfriend um uh what was his name Damon uh, that... whenever whenever Carly and Damon approach somebody else like at one point they they think that they're about or Carly thinks she's about to be attacked by this giant dude holding a bloody baseball bat yep. and Damon comes up to her and he's like he doesn't want you they but, only want their own kids but but Nicholas Cage Brent did attack Damon though but was that just because he was fighting back I think it was because there was already like a a resentment there because yeah. he was dating his daughter and he didn't want him dating his so daughter an, an and he, of... he knew that he knew that in order to get to his daughter he was gonna have to go through Damon yeah, and so he attacks him, but he doesn't kill him. Damon, when he Damon attacks gets, him, though, Damon gets almost killed like three separate times oh, in this yeah. movie. He gets fish hooked with a clothes hanger, <laughs> like like through the cheek, through the and cheek. it's just like, oh god. The first interaction between him and uh, Brent, though, they uh, they kind of scrap a little bit, and then <laughs> and then Brent gets Damon on the ground, and this is one of those classic Nick Cage moments. I don't know, like where if they told him to do this or if it was just coming out of his head but mm-hmm. he does this like it looked like something the rock would do uh, it, like he had him down on the ground and then he goes to he goes to like just open palm him in the head and smash his head into the ground and he does this he like looks up toward the sky and he watches his hand go up and he goes <laughs> 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 like he just takes this deep breath and watches his own hand go up in the air for a split second he was rock the Dwayne Johnson <laughs> <laughs> who, who is it that does that? Like, oh, yeah. oh, it's, it's The Rock, yeah. Is it The Rock yeah. where he kind of like holds his hand up in the air and, and shakes it and yeah. looks at his own hand? That was a total wrestling move. And he he does that same kind of thing in Mandy too. He does. Like actually, I said, right. I think it, I think this kind of I think this stuff just comes out of Nick Cage's brain. Well, I and know the director in, just lets him run. I with know it. in Mandy, and not to jump ship here, but like I know in Mandy, they did a lot of oneers. 
mm. like a lot of mm, them because mm-hmm. they thought that it was like the best performances. Like it's not, it's it is what it is. Authentic. Like, yeah, yeah. It's that's what it seems like. It seems like he's so crazy that it's best to just let him do whatever he. Yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. comes out of his body, like which that's is good, because that's why you hire Nicholas fucking Cage. <laughs> it's because you want that performance. Um, what was there was a part in the movie that I was like, cringing at because when you when you understand that all parents want to kill their kids, I'm I, I remembered because I'd forgotten about it. But I remember mm. there was a sub story mm-hmm. of some of Blair's sister giving uh, being pregnant. Mm-hmm. She goes to the hospital because she's giving birth, and as she's giving birth to this baby, I'm like, oh my god. They're gonna fucking kill a baby. Like mm-hmm. they're, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna do it. They're yep. gonna do it. And um, I guess in the original screenplay, the director had said that in the original screenplay, the uh, the studio made them made them change it because that original scene went real dark. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> really think really dark. I don't even think they didn't they didn't uh, they didn't shoot that. No, did they, they didn't shoot it. It but... was just the first draft of yep. the original screenplay. Yep. Because so she uh, the sister played by um, Rachel Melvin, she is giving birth, and then right as she gives birth to this baby, that static comes over the TV. Yep. And so like they hand the baby to her, and at first she's, she's kind of like lovingly cradling this baby, and then all of a sudden you see her grip start to she's tighten, like her squeezing it. And one I of think the, she's gonna kill the fucking baby. One of the most uh, <laughs> disturbing things is they use CG to actually replace the fake baby's face with a real baby's face. Uh-huh. And so you actually see. Did they? <laughs> you actually see like this, like this tormented look on this poor little newborn baby's face as she's squeezing the shit out of it. Yeah, and it's then pretty dark. Selma, it's pretty Selma dark. Blair, because she only wants to kill her own children, wants to protect this child, and so she finally pulls it away from her. And uh, Rachel Melvin's character, Jean gets up out of bed, grabs a scalpel and like starts to come at her and she's just like, What's going on? Why is this happening? <laughs> and they can't figure it out. And that leads to one of the I thought one of the most chilling but also one of the best scenes, which is uh um she finally like she's off in one of the rooms just trying to protect the baby and the doctors come to her and they say, We need to just take the child, mm-hmm. make sure it's safe and then she finally ends up giving, giving the baby, and then they go to a shot of the nursery, like and that. All the parents and all of the all of the the new dads are standing outside of the nursery, looking like in through the window, the mouth, just like, seething, like they're just looking at their babies, like I just want to get in there and kill that baby. Oh, I was like, man, that is really this whole movie. Like, like you said, it's pretty tongue in cheek, but that scene was pretty chilling to me. Yeah, that was fool. That was freaky. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was pretty gnarly. Um, we gotta wrap this one up to move on. But yeah. uh, did you have any favorite parts of the fa- absolute favorite parts of the entire movie? Um, there was, there, there was a few quirky, uh, um, Nick Cage moments that I just didn't understand. But th- that he like he was just doing you gotta things. Pick one, you gotta pick one favorite. There was there was one part. It was it was right after Selma Blair's character gets shot, and he comes and she's she's just like. A fucking handgun, and he's like, "I'm sorry," and he's, she's like, "You're really taking this uh, midlife crisis thing to heart, aren't you?" And he's like, "I wanted to protect my family," and then she's, he's like, trying to figure out what's going on, and it's a, it's a physical comedy sort of thing that yeah. he does. He's just for some reason he's standing in the doorway, and I'm gonna act it out for you, even though nobody else will be able to see this. If you want to see it, just right, watch so James, the movie. Uh, James is standing up right now. But she's she's talking he's to hunched, him, hunched over. She, no, I'm oh, speaking into my mouth. She's talking to him, and and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do, and he just goes like this for some reason. 
<laughs> like he's stepping over something, but there's nothing there. Like he he high knees a couple of times. Like he's frantic about Marching it. Marching band is coming back. I'm just <laughs> like, what what is he doing? Why was he doing that? But it's it's just one of those weird like totally quirky Nick Cage things. Yep. Yep. And then his and then his subsequent freak out. Uh, is it right after that? Oh, it was before that, where he goes up to the door. Like, she's trying to say, she's trying to, like, act like the nurturing mother and just be like, babies, it's okay, you can come out. We we just want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere and he starts pounding on the door. He's like, your motherfucking mother yep, yep. wants you to open this motherfucking door. And motherfuckers, <laughs> you better open this motherfucking... I was like... That's it's such so a. Good. It's so weird. It's such a weird way to act that part out, but it works so well. It was he's hilarious. You so believably oh, batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. Um, I'm assuming me, your favorite part is going to be when uh, when the grandparents show up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, uh, the grandparents show up. This is Lance, Lance Hendrickson and his and his wife. They show up. They completely forget that the parents were supposed to come over for dinner. And as soon as the doorbell rang, uh, I go. For, for, well, hold on, sorry, real quick. They finally corner the children. Yes, they yeah. corner the children and they're about to like cut them up with the sawzall and then the doorbell rings and, 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 and the they, they're broken out of their psychosis for a second she goes oh I forgot I forgot your parents were coming over tonight it's so like Nick, a totally normal thing so Nick Cage answers the door and immediately the dad starts trying to stab him with the, like a, a friggin the uh, mom maces him first maces him first <laughs> the dad grabs a, a, a friggin kitchen knife and just starts going after no, he him he has a knife in like on his belt oh, he's got a knife him, in his okay. sheath and well, he just starts stabbing with he it he chases him through the house and they eventually get out to the car so Nick Cage is chasing his little son around the house and then Nick Cage's dad Lance Hendrickson is chasing him so it's like a Tom and Jerry threesome running around <laughs> the house they eventually get out to the car uh to this old firebird that's that's in the garage and nick cage is like through the the, the side passenger window trying to get at his kid to kill him and lance hendrickson comes up behind him and starts stabbing him in the legs <laughs> and the sound that nick cage makes when he's getting stabbed <laughs> in the legs is one of the funniest damn things i've ever heard he's just he's basically just like oh ah, like, he's making this weird like bird sound when he's getting stabbed in the Sometimes you wonder if Nick, I love it so much. Sometimes you wonder if Nick, maybe Nick Cage is actually a genius of an actor, and he he knows exactly how people would react. It's possible because it's like that's such a I weird. I would not argue that point. It's such a weird reaction, but like maybe he just knows how to tap into. This is exactly how I would react if I was being stabbed in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the subsequent deaths of the of the grandparents. Oh my god! Hilarious. The car. It's oh, like so brutal and oh, so when good. Lance, when Lance like smashes into the hood of the car, it's so it's so final. It's so matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh man. All right, we got to move on. Yeah, we can talk I, about this movie I, forever. But I love this movie. I, I thought did it was too. great. Uh, I really did. Too. I just realized as long you as gave you me. Get... You gave me as a backup beer a cage rider from next last week. It's yeah, perfect. Uh, I actually, perfect beer. I actually said that to Aaron uh, earlier today. I was like, we drank cage rattler because of Skarsgård being in a cage in Castle Rock, and then we one week later did a Nick Cage spotlight. We could have just saved that. Right. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that is Mom and Dad from 2017. Definitely go check it out. It's on Hulu. Yep. Yeah. Nicholas Cage said that was one of his favorite movies he had made in the last 10 years. Yeah. And it shows. It really th- does show. I thought he said it was, like, his favorite role yeah. of all time, wasn't it? Uh, I, I read 10 years. No. Maybe he said whatever. Whatever. 
Okay, so moving on to Mandy from this year, 2018, directed by uh, Panos Cosmatos. Panos Cosmatos. Uh, who uh, directed Beyond the Black Rainbow, was his first flick for Spectre Vision. I haven't seen that yet, but Neither it looked I. awesome. Neither have I. Um, that was done by Spectre Vision, as was Mandy, uh, further cementing the fact that Spectre Vision m might be... Excuse me, more... Uh, more girls there um <laughs> might be my favorite currently active production company working because they just put out fantastic films they do a lot of like uh like art housey yeah good, good let the director actually make a fucking movie kind of movies right yeah um and panos cosmatos i we talked about him a couple weeks ago well actually last week when we were talking about the uh the release of mandy to vod mm -hmm. didn't even occur to me he's uh the son of george cosmatos Who's the director of Tombstone? One of oh, my okay. one of my favorite Western movies ever. He yes, also yeah. directed Cobra. I know the you Stallone love Cobra. Cobra? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! And also uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Nice. As well as Rambo, plenty of... Rambo Five started shooting this week. Oh, it did. Yeah. Did it really? Because uh, I actually I, I was reading I was, I was reading like some some uh, facts about Panos Cosmatos and it, he 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 actually funded Beyond the Black Rainbow through royalties from Tombstone. Really? Because he worked on Tombstone as well. Oh, I didn't know he that. He was part of the camera crew or something like that. Interesting. So, yeah. Pretty a little cool. bit of trivia there for you. So, Mandy here. Uh, Mandy is set in the primal wilderness of 1983 where Red Miller, Nicolas Cage, uh, a broken and haunted man, hunts an unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life. Um, to, That's to, actually pretty spoiler-heavy for a IMDb description is it well i mean that's what the movie's about uh i i like they don't really give away the fact in the trailers or anything that they end up killing mandy they don't give away the fact that you see thomas wayne's penis uh that's true <laughs> but you do <laughs> for i could for a, not for a good deal of time you couldn't look away is that what you're so, about to say <laughs> linus linus roach uh or roachy i'm not sure how you say his name plays uh, plays jeremiah sand who's like the cult leader mm -hmm. and uh he's the same actor that played thomas wayne bruce wayne's father in batman begins yeah i could not not see thomas wayne <laughs> watching this movie i couldn't do it because <laughs> it's the, it's the only other role i know him from yeah. i could not not see just Thomas Wayne getting gunned down in an alley every single time I saw him, <laughs> even though he's like this creepy Charles Manson cult leader. That's which exactly is a lot is. of parallels between him and Charles Manson in this yeah. movie. Tons of them. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, uh, so starring obviously Nicolas Cage, uh, playing Red Miller. Uh, his wife, uh, Mandy Bloom, or girlfriend rather, Mandy Bloom, played by Andrea. Uh, Riseboro. Riseboro, thank you. Um, <laughs> Linus Roach, like we said, Jeremiah Sand, um, Ned Dennehy played Brother Swan. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw this name up. Let me try it. Let me try it. Okay. Uh, Olwen Farrar. That's that's probably pretty close. Pretty there's good, like right? there's a I don't know I can't I don't I know what an umlaut is I don't know what these little dashes over the letters mean. Olwen Farrar. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it a. I think it's like an a. It's a hard a sound. Is it? Farrar. Okay. Farrar. <laughs> uh, Richard Brake, which it's always great to right? see Richard Brake, even if he was only in the movie for five minutes. Doesn't matter. He 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 commands the screen though. When when he's on oh, screen, he just commands. I love Richard Brake so much. So good. And then uh, Bill Duke. Yes. The Duke. Yes. Playing Carruthers. Bill Duke uh, is. Who looks? He's looking. 
real old nowadays. Really? I thought he looked pretty good. Really? I thought well, he looked Well, considering old, but... he's... How old is he? He was born in 1943. I'm bad at math, but that would make him 75? That's it? Is that right? Is no. my... Is my... I don't know. Here, I'll continue talking. I will look it up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought he, I thought he looked pretty good. That's fair. Most people would probably know him from uh, Predator Commando. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, who else do we have in the film? Uh, nobody that's really no, no, all that recognizable. Not really. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, basically you have uh, you got. You really have to. You really have to watch this movie to understand. Like, I don't think we're gonna be able to describe. Seventy-five is so, how old you would be. That's what I said, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So look at me, math. I thought he, I thought he was old. Math skills. Uh, we're not gonna be able to do this movie justice by describing it to no, you. No. Uh, this, and, and also, well, I obviously, do... us being a spoiler cast. If you are listening to this right now, you should have watched spoiler cast. Spoiler cast. Like you should have watched it already, anyway. Yes. But uh, it, this movie is so... It's, it, it's, it's an vis- art house. It's an art house movie for yeah. sure, uh, first and foremost. It, it is not your standard Hollywood movie fair. No. It's just not. It's very visually um, visually stunning. Uh, it's a cross... I was trying to figure out who it reminded me of the most of, and it it reminds me a lot of like Dario Argento mixed... Like a, Dar- a Dario Argento movie. Definitely with the color. The with color. the look and feel of like Cannibal Holocaust especially the opening crawl going over the woods and that music that was playing was very cannibal holocaust i don't know if that was intentional or not but Mm. that's what it reminded me of Mm -hmm. uh and then also very um like the void it reminded me a lot of like the void yeah for sure um so there's a lot of these weird just stylistic choices they make a lot of it has to do most strikingly is with the lighting Mm -hmm. um Super bright reds, bright purples, deep pinks, and also um, also a lot of like overlays. Yeah, you know, like the, you'll have a character, but then you'll also have like ghosting, shadowy effects. Yeah, like or sometimes even like patterns. Yep, paisley patterns and stuff like the whole the whole movie is basically supposed to feel sort of like an acid trip. Like 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 think of that you're looking uh, at a picture that is made for blue and red 3D glasses. So you know how it's like kind of overlapping with the yeah. blue and the red? Mm-hmm. But then picture that moving, but it's ghosting itself. Yeah. Both layers. I would actually... There are certain, I don't know if that's there are certain a good scenes, way of saying it, There but... are certain scenes in this movie that I wonder what it would look like if you were wearing the blue and red 3D glasses. I got some. Someone's right. <laughs> I will report back next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie is very, very much a... Um, <clears throat> Mood piece. Oh, a mood piece. Um, it is though. Like it, this, it's predicated on the feeling that it evokes in the in the person watching it. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. Yeah. Um, it's it's an acid trip. The whole movie is that, that's actually probably the best way of saying it. The whole entire movie is an acid trip. Yeah. Um, visually, uh, it's just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically. In a, in a nutshell, you have Nick Cage and his girlfriend. They live in the woods. He's a logger, which is a little bit confusing to me because she seems very much like the hips, like the hippie, hippie, love the earth kind of love planets and this and that and blah blah. I feel like she would not be okay with having her boyfriend destroying nature. Seems like kind of a weird thing, a weird, a weird pairing because she seems like that kind of astrological, close to the mother earth kind of person. Astrological. Astrological. Not. Uh... 
who cares about the earth? <laughs> she, she's all about the cosmos. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, so yeah, so, so they're this, this, this hippie couple, basically. Well, it almost, it, it seems like they're, they're, they're very different. Like you said, I mean, like even, sure. as, even aside from the fact that he's a lumberjack and she's, uh, like a hippie artist. Opposites attract. Yeah, I guess so. Like he, it, it's almost like he doesn't even know. Like he, you can tell that he is just infatuated with her. He's like completely in love with her. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's there's a very like palpable bond between the two of them. Sure, sure. Which makes starting at about the halfway point in the movie, which makes uh his his reactions to the things that happen all that more powerful. Sure. Because, like, his, his love for her was just so intense. Yep. Like, he... he and he, you get that, like, right like, off the bat. Well, like, you even... Like, there was the, there was one scene where she's... Uh, they're just, like, down by the river or the lake that they live by. Crystal Lake, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed that. <laughs> they were down by this lake. You don't name a lake Crystal Lake in a movie unless it's directly <laughs> yeah. paying homage to something. So. Exactly. And she's walking out of it, and she just looks like a goddess, and he's looking at her like he's just dumbfounded by her... By her, by her weird fucking eye. Okay, <laughs> one eye had like a black contact lens that went outside of her pupil, and it was huge. Well, she had a big the, scar across. And the her other face eye that was normal, and she had a big scar down her face. Yeah, which leads me to theories. Oh, I, I okay. Have, I have theories. Um, but like you could tell, he was just like dumbfounded. Yes. Like he just he's like, man, this this woman is like a goddess. So when she's eventually killed, his mind just breaks, and he's like, I need to kill everything. Not just and, killed. Burned to death in a sleeping bag. Oh yeah, another damn. <laughs> kind, kind of another, kind of another Jason. Eh, nah, they didn't whack her against trees. So well, no, but in uh, in uh, Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine. Oh yeah, you're the right. The opening scene. There's a chick hung upside down in a sleeping case, uh, sleeping bag, and she gets like burned sleeping alive. Case, sleeping like that case. Sleeping case. I better. Uh, you're not wrong. That makes you're not it, wrong. That makes it sound like a body bag. A sleeping case. You're gonna need a body bag. <laughs> Um, but uh, so he so they're living this simple life in the woods and they love each other. She draws all day. She works at a at a gas gas station nearby convenience store. Whatever, she reads yeah. she reads books. Although it took her two separate scenes to read two pages. Did you notice that? Fun fact: it was the same two pages she was reading the whole time. Maybe I paused it. Good, maybe, maybe it was a good page. I paused. Fun it fact: read. the name of that book is actually the name of the song that is playing in that current scene. It's um, not a not a real book. It's the name of the song. Is it? What was the name? Was it Mr. Bill? The I I thought I saw something music by Mr. Bill. Or no, something the music like was by Johan Johansson. Oh, is this? Um, and I need the soundtrack to this movie. I need it because it's incredible. Are you sure Johan Johansson didn't do the music for? No, he did, Mom and Dad. He did the music for for this one. Oh, okay. I'm ninety five percent sure. Okay. Um, my notes for this movie are so all over the place. Good lord. That's fine. Let's start in on it. Um. Yeah, like it, uh, yeah. So basically, so so she dies. She there's this religious cult that sees her walking on the side of the road, and the cult leader decides he needs this woman to be his, basically. Yeah. And they kidnap her, and they inject her with the the weirdest, creepiest, nightmarish giant wasp bug thing. <laughs> oh my god! I think one of my notes. It looks like something that uh, what the hell's his name? Coyote. My, my notes. What's is, his is, name? Coyote. Oh, uh, Peterson. Coyote Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. It looks like something he would be stung by on purpose. Right. My note is, that bug, and then in all caps, this movie is a goddamn nightmare. 
<laughs> that was my note for that. I mean, it kind of was. Right? The whole it, the whole thing seemed like a like a fever dream or something. Um, so so she dies, and he basically just goes into a fit of rage, goes and gets his crossbow from apparently he stashed a crossbow at a, like a friend's house. Oh, by the way, I love how she, I love how she kind of predicted that, because they they kidnap her, which mm-hmm. we got to get back to how they kidnapped her because it Sorry, was yeah. badass with the. I'm the, trying to get through the plot, but with, yeah. the, with the black skulls, it doesn't matter. We don't need to go through the whole plot. That's fine. Um, they kidnapped her with the black skulls. We'll get back to those guys, but um. Jeremiah Sands is standing there asking her, like, after she's, like, completely screwed out of her mind on uh, the LSD that they dripped into her eye. Is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. And uh, and, and the, the bug, the cherry on top, the bug stinging her in the neck. And he's like, uh, he's like, T- tell me what you see or something like that. And she sees, she says, I see the reaper. Uh, I, I see the reaper coming soon or I see the reaper speeding forth or something mm-hmm. like that and the name of the crossbow was the reaper did you catch that? no so she kind of oh. predicted it she's like she was basically telling him whatever you're about to do to me homeboy's coming at you hard I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm adding to my theory right now like she knew she knew that if they if they messed with her that red was gonna go on an absolute killing spree. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. says she I can't remember what the exact quote was, but she says something about the Reaper coming for them. And it was because he was gonna show up with his crossbow and fuck shit up. Oh my god. <laughs> um so yeah, so long story short, she gets kidnapped, gets killed, he go he sets out on revenge, gets a crossbow. Killed in front of him. Killed him. Killed in front of him, by the way. He gets he basically gets his crossbow and goes out for revenge and one by one hunts down everybody that had anything to do with her her murder. Yeah. That's the movie. Uh just the acid trip version of it. It's a very like when you get to the to the root of it, it's the kind of movie you've seen time and time and time again. It's just it's just a revenge story. The yeah, um but he, uh, 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 Panos, is that his name? Panos Cosmatos. Panos Cosmatos actually says, uh, this is the second feature film. He said that Beyond the Black Rainbow was his inhale. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very subdued inhale movie. Yeah. This movie is his exhale. Like it's a very extroverted, in your face, uber violent movie. And I think it's a great way of putting it. It's deep. Um, yeah, it is. So that's, I mean, it's, that's like the Mariana. The name strength. like Cosmatos. Cosm- Panos Cosmatos. It's a super sweet you name. Are, you are deep. Um, anyway, yeah, let's let's get into some some specific things that we liked about the movie, though. Yeah, I will let you start because there's a thousand <clears throat> things we could talk about. Well, uh, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so so to to kind of round it off, you have to talk about the the horn of. Um, uh, ah, shit, what was it called? It's the horn... I, Araxis I didn't or, write it down. Uh, I should have, yeah. The horn of... Uh, it's basically the... Uh, the horn of Araxis. It's basically the uh, the it's, horror version of the Ocarina from Zelda. Yeah. It's, it's literally it, it exactly is, it, is it is literally just a little Ocarina, but it's called the, the horn of Araxis. Yep. And Jeremiah Sands tells Brother Swan, I need this woman. I feel naked without her. I need her, so go get her. Yep. And he says, you're going to have to sacrifice more than just, you know... Like there's, there needs to be a blood sacrifice, so they're gonna offer up this this new guy to their crew, mm-hmm. <laughs> who was completely out of, like he had like uh like like early Justin Timberlake ramen bleached hair, and he was like a f- little fat guy, <laughs> like, like he totally did not no, fit he didn't in fit this it at all. whatsoever. But uh, so they so they go out into the woods and they just blow this horn, or this little ocarina, and then a couple minutes later, this this 
demon biker gang comes out of nowhere and they look like they look like Cenobites, really. They do. They really do. It's very Clive Barker. Yeah. Very Clive Barker. And they're called the Black Skulls, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh the, or God. just the Black Skull. I think. Or no, I, it is Black Skulls. I and, absolutely uh, loved these characters. Oh, dude, they were so, so cool. They reminded I, me a little bit of the Plague the plague from yeah. Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out if they were like regular humans or if they were like half demons. I think... I'm still I really the jury's out. the jury's still out as far as I'm concerned because the way they talked and yeah, stuff was so good. That was I think that there were definitely some It was like digitally enhanced, like there's like shadows on their voices almost and it was very deep and it was like it was And gravelly and yeah, like Yeah, it was like really weird. I think that uh, because so when uh when Red goes to pick up the Reaper from Carruthers, mm-hmm. Carruthers explains to him that there's been this rash of killings and and mutilatings and stuff like that, and uh, and it's attributed to the Black Skulls, and he said, the word is is that they were couriers for this this uh, this drug lord who was making LSD. Uh, Richard Brakes. Uh, Richard the, Brake is the chemist. The chemist. Yep. And uh, and he's a tiger. Awesome. <laughs> and he didn't he didn't particularly like them so he made them a strain of bad stuff and they got super messed up on it but now they crave it and they live off of this like they literally weird drink vats of this LSD or like a jar like they have a yeah. jar of it that they drink from and uh and and so it's hard to tell whether they're actually they're humans and they're just like crazed out of their minds on this LSD or if there's actually some sort of like otherworldly thing going on. I think the fact that the entire movie is basically LSD driven, it's really difficult to tell what's real and what's not though. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, plays into my theory that we'll talk about at the end. I I have a lot building on this, but, um, um, I, but anyway, so, um, so, uh, uh, where the hell were we before that? I was talking about the, the biker gang. Yeah, so so they meet up with the biker gang. The biker gang is basically the muscle. Like they're gonna do the dirty work. They they kidnap Mandy, and then uh, uh, Linus or uh, Jeremy Sands, Jeremiah Sands, not Jeremy yeah. Sands. Jeremy Sands. Jeremiah Sands ties him up with barbed wire, ties Red up, and uh, and and tries to defile. Like he's like I, I saw one person describe this. I thought this was a good way of, of saying this. Is like he's pure evil, and when pure evil sees pure light. It mm-hmm. wants to corrupt it, yep. and that's what he wanted to do. Like he saw her, and she was just pure light, and so he tr- he wanted well, to she corrupt was her. Completely drugged up, and he's trying to get her to agree with what he's saying, and she's like laughing in his face. Like she's literally laughing in his face to the point where, if all this big macho bullshit cult leader status that he had mm-hmm. crumbled in about five seconds, and he got so pissed, he made everybody look away because he didn't mind anyone to yeah. see it. Like. Like he's just a fragile little man. Yeah, you know. And this is where this is where the uh, the par- you could draw the parallels between him and Charlie Manson is well, because he had this like little cult group. Yep. And also, it comes to light that he was a failed failed musician. Failed musician. Yep. And but then all of a sudden, and, he, this, and, and then he tried to be big, and there was other people that were that got pushing him down. Him, right. Or like for Manson, it was the Beach Boys. Like right. He lived with uh, what's his name. Uh, from uh, the beach. Uh, Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, or whatever, yeah. and he saw all of his friends get big, and but they kept passing on all his stuff. And this is kind of it the same exactly, thing that happened with Jeremiah yeah. Sand, and he was yep. resentful of it at first, but then all of a sudden, this God started talking to him and telling him that 
music was not the way like he could literally just take whatever he wanted and so he convinced this it was very like like you said if you watch anything about charles manson he's like i think that was intentional i I, oh yeah for sure absolutely 100 percent intentional yeah either that or or uh pamos cosmatos just does not know how to hide blatant forgery and characters (laughs) either or (laughs) i don't think that's the case though no not at all and and so she laughs in his face, which is like the ultimate insult. And so he's just like, "All right, oh, well, you did, yeah, you did." <laughs> and uh, I, I I saw there's there's a scene though before she dies that is one of the most trippy things I've ever seen, and that is when oh, he gets the faces he gets down, yeah, and they're in this like purpley pink hue light, mm-hmm. and they're both both um, what's her name uh. Sorry, I gotta get my both Mandy and Jeremiah. <laughs> what's, her name? what's her name? What's the name of the movie? Both, both Mandy <laughs> and Jeremiah, though their their faces are perfectly centered in the frame. Like he's and they both sort of look the same. Like obviously the makeup was done intentionally for right, that, right, right. but they they very subtly start to shift the focus between her and him. Like it's just a it's a super close up on his face, and he's speaking directly to her. And, her, and the faces just morph into each other. But the thing is, if you don't realize it's happening, it's so subtle. You don't know that it happened until you realize, oh my God, I'm looking at somebody else now. It is so well done. It's like watching... It's uh, amazing. It's like when you do the face swap thing on uh, like Snapchat and stuff. I mean, it, no, it's it kinda, better no, than it kind of looks it's like It's better it. than that, I think. Well, but, I mean, obviously it's better than that. But that's kind of what that's kind of the vibe I got from it. It's like, yeah, he almost looks so like he was... It's so weird, though. She kind of looks like... The Mona Lisa, because when when he I can sort of see that when he was talking to her and it swapped into her face, she kind of looked. He looked like Mona Lisa mm-hmm. with her face on. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that. That was yeah. weird. It's it's it was a super bizarre scene though, but it was one of my favorites because yeah. I, I rewound it and watched it like five times. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, like, this is incredible. That's what there were a lot of like I ended this movie and I went back and I watched a lot of things over. Yeah. Just because there were so many parts where I was just like, man. That's um, a lot to take in. We we have to talk about the the um the the crazy like Dante's Inferno scythe that he just randomly made in his <laughs> so I'm sorry. This weapon that he made that looked like something out of like God of War was so out of place in this movie. Uh, but it still made sense for some strange reasons. Somebody brought up a uh, was it one of the IMDb facts that it was in? I, 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 gotta, oh. I have to see if I can find it. But It was based off an album cover from a metal band. Yeah, there you yes. go. Yeah. Um, there uh, was Celtic Frost. I was reading, yeah, Celtic Frost. I think Andy P used to listen to them. Celtic Frost <laughs> is great, dude. Um, oh, no, it was you that, yeah, that listened to him. I like him. Um, uh, there, there, was one, there was one article that I read about this, and I would have to look way more into this. I actually plan on watching this movie again. Yeah. And kind of getting more into some of the people's theories, but this one guy got super, super into it and started to draw the parallels between uh, Carl Jung's uh, uh, Carl Jung, the psychologist. Sure. Um, he said he said it's so obviously just like a just like a um, like a beat for beat representation of Jung's. Uh, style of psychology mm-hmm. that it's it's like it's laughing in your face, which I don't I don't know much. Of. I don't I, I I don't sit in my study and uh, you know ponder many of Carl Jung's <laughs> psych- psychological theories, so I don't know that for sure. But he said that he wrote uh, once he once he 
came out from underneath the wing of uh, Freud Mm -hmm. and started to kind of branch off on his own. He ended up writing this weird book called The Red Book. Okay. Red. Red uh, Miller. Uh, uh. The Red Book. Oh. And it has and it has a lot of the same themes as this movie. And so he said it's it's pretty much like it's it's not even funny how much hmm. they line up. So I would like to actually Very look into the into that a little bit and find out if it's if it's true. There's there's a lot of um like there's there's a lot of stuff like that in, in the movie though, like just weird representational stuff. Like there's a part where um where Jeremiah is like he's down, his head's down and his head goes back up and the framing of the church they're in behind him looks like the burst of a halo behind him. Did you did you see that? Yes, yeah. It's very it, it's completely intentional, but it looks like the the starburst of a halo behind Jesus or something like that. Yeah, That's how that character is supposed to be portrayed. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that there, um, there was even an Arthurian kind of thing going on because there when when uh, Red first walks into their little church that's built at the bottom of the gra- uh, gravel mine yeah, or whatever yeah. the hell it is. He walks in and there's this like stone altar mm-hmm. and then there's this like uh, backlit red cross that the cross goes into the altar almost. Yes. yes. And he's standing by it and it kind of looks like the sword and the stone. Yes. I noticed that too. Actually, Isn't that weird? I think, I, it's exactly So I, I think there's like that. so, there's, there's well, so the many. The sword and the stone though is also supposed to be represent, representative of somebody finding faith. They can do something and they pull the sword out of the stone. That's and true. in the shape of a cross. I, yeah. I, I, that, that's all very, I think deep down sort of biblical, mm-hmm. like uh, subtext. Well, not, not, I, I've bi- always not kind biblical, of, but. Well, it's religious. It's I think absolutely it's biblical. Like it's it's the story of King Arthur. That's not a biblical. No, story. no, no, no. I mean the undertones are oh, biblical yeah. in oh, nature. Yeah, yeah, okay. is, is what yeah. I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. But um, um, yeah, like it. There, that was all over this movie. It's all over a lot of stuff. Um, not intentionally because it's supposed to be sub. Uh, it's it's not supposed to be like preaching anything. It's just like kind of subtext to right. the story. Right. Um. Okay, I gotta get to I gotta get to my theory. Yeah, here. get to your theory because we're running out of yeah. time and I want to hear this. I I don't think that anything in this movie actually happened. Anything at all? I don't think any of it actually happened. So okay, um, the light a uh, the bit. lighting choices that that Cosmato is used in this uh, signify drug use. Yeah, all over the movie. Yeah, the very first time that you see those lights in excess is when they're lying down going to bed after he gets home from work. Mm-hmm. So Nicholas Cage gets home from work. Uh, his girlfriend is drawing something, and then the next scene, they're lying down in bed talking about the cosmos. That's a very that's a very high conversation, like <laughs> talking yeah. about planets and stuff. And that's when you see it shift from like normal looking outside to everything being trippy colors. Right. I think I think that they did drugs, and that was the drugs setting in. Mm-hmm. And this entire movie is a dream. I think that um, I think that the they belonged to like this earthly church that actually did maybe exist in the gravel pit or whatever. And that perhaps he thought that the guy that was running the church took a shine to his wife. And so this is how that he interpreted that character as wanting to steal his wife when he couldn't get her. It's, it's all, it's all an acid trip, mind you. So nothing may, really makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, the fact that um, his scythe looked like the uh, album cover and the fact that she's wearing a black Sabbath t-shirt, they're into metal music, obviously, Mm -hmm. so that would be in your subconscious for being on like an acid trip. Um, I think there's so many things that just like if you if you were to look around his life they are put into his subconscious mm-hmm. and his acid tripped drugged out mind is trying to make sense of all of these things yeah and it's just put together into the story 
I think that he would, he is deeply in love with his wife. So Mm -hmm. when she gets killed, this crazy fantasy of him just going and killing everyone because he loves her so much just takes over. And that's what it is. So hold on. So I I did read, uh, it was actually, I think in the same, the the guy who was talking about Carl Jung and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. One of the theories that's bouncing around is that Mandy and Red were actually the same person. Because it, because that. there's a part toward the end, like there's uh, often uh, like she's she, a couple times in the movie she's wearing that same forty four shirt. Well, she wore that earlier, and then I but was then, obviously taken off of her. But then there had. was a but then there was a flashback where they see each other in the bar for the first and time. He's wearing it. He's they're both wearing it. They're both oh, wearing really? that forty four shirt. That's interesting. So what if he's just this? humble lumberjack by day but he's living this reclusive life out in the woods possibly reading the same fiction that she's reading the that weird story that because you know they go back to that a few different times sure. about the sure. it was like a you know fantastical story about sure. uh medieval warriors and stuff <clears throat> like that so what if he's just like going back to his cab cabin in the woods taking in this this crazy fiction and doing drugs. It's possible. And it kind of feeds it's into still, what you're talking about. It's still kind of the same thing, though, the whole, that nothing really exists. Right, so, right. So no matter how you look at it, though. Um, also, did you watch the post credit scene? <laughs> I did, yeah. Okay, so the post credit scene is basically, it just shows what she was drawing. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of Nick Cage with a tiger behind him and this and that. There's a fucking tiger in the chemist's room. Like, he saw a tiger before they did drugs, and he's doing it. The whole scene of her getting shot up in the neck by the fucking bug mm-hmm. could be them literally shooting up drugs. Mm-hmm injecting shit like it, it all makes it's all a big drug trip like mm-hmm. i don't think anything in this movie existed i think that it was all the 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 story in the mind of a delusional drug addict that had a and crazy acid trip or heroin, somebody, whatever whatever somebody, meth whatever somebody meth, brought up not the, even once somebody okay? <laughs> not somebody even brought once. up the rule of threes you see the tiger three times you see it because he's wearing a tiger shirt at the yep. beginning of the movie yes 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 and yes. then you see the tiger during the chemist scene and then you see the tiger in the post-credit yep, scene yep. where it's kind of behind, like it's like his spirit anim- yeah. animal or whatever. So I, I, say, I, I just don't think any of it's real. None of it. He's stoking a fire in the beginning when he sees her coming out of the water and mm-hmm. her eye is, one eyes dilated. Mm-hmm. I think they're both starting to get high. They're half high already at that point. Yeah. And they go home. So do you think down. she was an actual person? And he's stoking the fire looking at her so he's associating fire and her and the same thing which is oh, why she was lit on fire yeah like i don't know this is just how i'm drawing parallels maybe yeah. this isn't the case but this is how i'm drawing parallels mm-hmm. um so yeah that i i just i i love this movie and i and i think that it's really cool in the fact that they're telling a story but it, it, it's all bullshit yeah like I, I don't think any of it exists i think it's i think this is all just crazy i don't think i, yeah. I don't think any of it exists i think that that at the very, very end of the movie, after he's killed everybody, what you don't see is him waking up the next morning. Or you do see him waking up the next morning in the fucking woods. No, when, uh, he's, when he seems to be awake, though, and completely sober-minded, but then it well, no, jumps no, that's, right back into the trippy. That's before... that. No, that's that's be, he wakes up in the woods, and then he goes and kills more people. My the, point, the very though, last is thing you possible... see is him driving away, and then it pans up, and mm-hmm. you see the weird... Like craggy mountains and yeah. and the the animation the, and, was another thing I did not expect in this and movie the double and moons it. the two moons yeah so like like you said maybe the whole thing was just a work of fiction is, in his in his own I, mind that's what I think um just real quick to get to favorite parts 
Uh, first of all, all the kills were stupendous. Absolutely. Especially, I, I love the one where he, because he had that giant scythe-looking axe or whatever mm-hmm. the hell he forged all by himself, but the end of it had a giant spike on it. And he goes to Brother Swan, and Brother Swan, earlier when he was setting Mandy on fire, he says, uh, the the darker the horror, the brighter the flame. Yep. And he tells, he like, he, he uh, pulls Brother Swan out of his van and he says, uh, uh, he's like down on the fl- down on the ground and he said, oh, she did burn bright, didn't she? She, uh, it, and he, he goes to say, better to burn burn bright than to uh, burn brighter than to, fade, than to out. fade out. And yep. before he can say the whole sentence, he shoves that thing into his mouth. And then there's two, fact. two more subsequent pushes where he just pushes it even further into his mouth and the guy's just like this, like this, blood spraying everywhere it's awesome this could be a correction i'm 99.9 percent sure that it's better to burn out or better to burn burn bright than fade out better better to burn out than to fade away yeah right is on kurt cobain's death note i think you're right pretty sure it is yeah i'm i'm like 99.9 percent sure that it is but uh, anyway, yeah, then, this, this is a movie then, that you could. Then, and then I'm sorry, I just got to bring up the the big the big uh, Nick Cage freak out in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> that is one of the best scenes in the entire movie. It's so cool. My favorite my favorite thing in the movie, I think, because it had me just rolling laughing, is when he. Uh, I think it's is it Nick Cage? I forget. I I forget what character it was, but he looks at somebody and he goes. He goes, uh, you are a vicious snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's when he kills that, yeah. That's crap. That one that thing's line. like, you have a death wish, and he, and he says, you are a vicious snowflake, and, and then that guy shows up again, and he does yeah. a total Bruce Lee move where he snaps <laughs> his neck, yeah. but he, Nick Cage kind of looks at the camera while he's doing it, and just like holds that pose for a second after he snaps his neck. It's hilarious. Yep. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I think um, that's it. Oh God. What? They're also watching the fucking uh, sci-fi movie, which could make sense of which oh. could make sense of the Skull Guys. Yeah, I mean it's not a it's not a direct parallel, but like sci-fi movies, you're you're you know you're thinking of sci-fi characters in this biker yeah. gang. That, that could absolutely be another part of that acid trip. Also, we don't need to talk about it, but Cheddar Goblin, oh God, hilarious. Cheddar Goblin, if right, I wish right. that they would actually make Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese, because <laughs> right? it's so right. funny. It's, because it's Goblin good. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's Mandy. We could talk about it for hours, probably, yep. and I'm sure we will at some point in yep. time. Now, and, uh, um, before we go, we need to spin the uh, the wheel of pizza. We need to spin the wheel of pizza death. <laughs> so I actually have a wheel of death. So made. Mike, in lieu of the physical wheel of death, which he will do at some point in time, might be uh, a year. But you know. now we don't have the shoddy dice app. We also we we have the wheel of pizza app. Yep. Uh, which you renamed <laughs> the wheel the of theme. death, but there's the theme. there's still a sli- there's still a slice of pizza as no, the stopper. No, there's different so. themes. I chose the pizza. Oh, <laughs> good call. I'm just saying, good I call. chose the pizza. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna spin right now the yep. the first official spin of the wheel of death to find out what we're doing for next All show. All right, here we go. Well, it sounds good. It sounds right? really good. Right, it's, it sounds legit. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. Looks like. Um, it goes on forever. Mm, beer picks movies. Beer All picks right. movies. So what so do we, we got? We got stuff here. Um, <laughs> we have a choice. Okay. We have a choice here. We have either um, Bell's 200 Ale or Lost Abbey Ghosts in the Forest. Ooh. Which one do we want to do, gentlemen? Let's pick one. 
Uh, I'm in the mood for some good ghost stories. Okay. Well, so Ghost in the Forest are actually it's forest based. Are you guys so, Are you guys okay with that? Yeah. Sure. Forest. So uh, the movies from next week are going to be The Forest, of course, and uh, Dark Was the Night. Another another reason I wanted to choose that is because I think I knew that The Forest was one of those options. I mean, it had to have been right. And I do like Natalie Dormer. There we go. <laughs> All right. So next week uh, we're going to be drinking Lost Abbey Ghost in the Forest. We're going to be watching The Forest and Dark Was the Night. Yeah. That is, that is next week's episode. All right. Cool. Well, uh, if you want to find us on social media and let us know what you thought of Mandy and Mom and Dad. You can find us on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC and all third, fourth, fifth, and sixth party apps. If you're listening to this, chances are you've already found us. Otherwise, you're a wizard. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, leave us a comment if you would. If you would do us the the honor of leaving us a comment, um, I want you to leave us. Um, I think. Uh, out of ten, I think this was an. Uh, I think this episode was worth an eight. So give us eight acid trips. <laughs> that's that's what I want. Eight acid trips from everybody. Eight hits of acid. <laughs> if you want to find J. Raj. Boom! That was the news. <laughs> Wait, wrong segment. You can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Like music to my ears. Mm. All right, boys. Well, fun episode. We'll see you next week for Ghosts in the Forest, right? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, boys. The Buzzkill Podcast leaving you with do drugs, get Mandy. (laughs) (laughs) Mandy. Try to have a good night, y'all.